Amen. The Holy Spirit can only find expression through us on the platform of knowledge. Amen. The Holy Spirit can only what? Find expression through us through the platform of what? Of knowledge. So when you are empty, the Spirit of God cannot operate through you. He will be operating through a dumb person. He will be operating through somebody that will bring more confusion to him. We just read John chapter 8, verse 32 for the past few weeks. He said, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth will do what? Will set you free. So the absence of truth is the, abs is the presence of what? Slavery. So there cannot be freedom when knowledge is not accessed. So the Holy Spirit can only find expression through us on the platform of what? Knowledge. So when you find a man that is highly knowledgeable about God, right, and has an experience of God, such a person is malleable in the hands of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Yeah, so these, these sessions that we are, we, are, we are learning or we are attending, we should not trivialize them. Amen? We should not trivialize them. There are things that make up for our building as believers. Amen? So anything that we are discussing here, it, it, it will almost look like this is just those kind of secular meetings that we have. You know, but when you now ask yourself, why am I attending? Where can I apply it? The place of application now lies in what you're doing as a leader. So, sir, I am not a leader. You're already a leader. Just for being here, you're already a leader. Amen. Just sitting for that number of hours yesterday and willing to sit for the number of hours today, you're already a what? You're already a leader. Because you find a place where you apply it, both in your life, both in your family, both in the place where you're going to work, both many places, when we make applications online, you, you, one of the things that they will be asking you, he said, do you like working in a team? They want to know first. Do you enjoy working in a team? If you say, yes, I enjoy good, then this, this kind of a person must have really interacted with both good, bad, and ugly people in the system, right? So the knowledge we are, we are learning here, you know, we can apply it everywhere, amen? So this morning, we are, we are talking about goal setting and what? And program planning. How many of us know how to set goals? You are good at setting goals? Like serious? Okay, one person, two. You are good at setting goals. Three, four. Mary, raise your hand. You are good at setting goals. How many of us are not good at setting goals? You just live life just like that. Just. We just wake up in the morning, you know, you just receive a call from Pastor Kostin. How far? Let's go to Girne now. You say yes. From Girne, ah, can we just come to Lapta? Some things are happening. You say yes. How many of us are that kind of people? Okay, yes, one person has raised hand. Any other person again? Yeah. Okay, another person again. Okay, good. Then how many people you, you set goals and then you see that those goals are achieved? You see to it. Okay, one, two, three, four. Ah, so you don't set goals. Now I say you. <laughs> <laughs> I ask the question, 
So you don't set goals. Then how do you know you're achieving goals? <laughs> I don't, I don't. Oh, the goals are set for them. Amen. I say, how many people set goals? P- few people raise hands. Now I say, how many people set goals and see to it they achieve? Everybody's raising hands. Uh, <laughs> okay, how many of us see to it that it is achieved? 100%. 50, 50, 75, 75. Okay, it must be achieved, okay. Amen? How many of us get angry when we don't achieve the goals we've set? You just get angry. Okay, how many of us think that not achieving what I've set my heart to do has been a habit? You just realize that you you can just set many things and you do nothing. Okay, yeah, we have hands there on the other side. Okay, another hands, okay. Amen. On our way to growth in life, because life is a process, on our way to growth in life, you will always come to many points in life where you feel you always set goals and you don't achieve them. Amen? So if you're that kind of person, don't be discouraged. Praise God. Don't be what? Don't be discouraged. Mm-mm. Tell somebody it happens to everyone. Yes, yes. It happens to everyone. Plus your geo. It happens to everyone. Right? Good. So, we move. So, these are some of the things we'll be talking about. What? Definition of goal setting, the importance of goal setting, steps in goal setting, definition of program planning, objectives of program planning, steps, and then we what? have what? References. Yes. Right? So, when, when you're dealing with educational pastor, you must have references. Amen? Yes. Praise God. So what is goal setting? What is goal setting? We say goal setting can be defined as a what? Deliberate process, which involves identifying objectives, projects, and programs that can be what? Achieved. Yes. So I want two people to open Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 to 3, and then Proverbs 16, 9, and somebody should open to Proverbs 21, 5. Very fast. We'll be reading scripture so that I know yesterday some people are like, is this a Christian gathering? Are we here to do official this? We'll read it. Amen. Are we there? Yes. So, but before we read that, please, I would I would love uh, a couple of people to help me. And we say a goal is what? An objective or target. Underline the word objective or what? Target that someone is trying to reach or what? achieve, right? Then we say, because from the definition, I pick some keywords like deliberate. Deliberate. So you can't do it sleeping. Neither can you do it unconsciously. Yes, it's it's something that you have to be deliberate. Something that you have to pay attention to it. Something that you cannot just say accidentally you arrive at success. Is that Pastor K? You know, I just woke up this morning, you don't understand. 
I just received a lot like this in my guarantee account, like $150,000. I am rich. Pastor K, wow. The next now will be, uh, how did the thing happen? <laughs> no, you cannot arrive at it. No. So which means success is deliberate. A correct life is a deliberate life. A life you always celebrate. All the great people will always celebrate. Yay! I want to be like him. I want to be like... Those people are what? Are driving on a deliberate platform. So that is why I say, what is the definition of deliberate? Done consciously and what? Intentionally. Being careful. On what? Unhurried. Pre-what? Meditated. Voluntary, voluntarily referring to what? Something not happening by what? By chance. Who has ever gotten 4.0 by chance here? 3.5 by chance. Or you got it by praying in tongues for five hours. You had law 201. For example, law 201. And then you say, you know what? Let me lock myself down. For five hours. Rebe, rekato, elakaba, ida, ila, ida. One, two, three, four, five. And then you went that morning, and then, uh, you know, the lecturer just saw your face early in the morning, congratulated you, and then suddenly say you have an A. But <laughs> never, it's not possible. Never. 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 There is no chance. God did not create us by chance. So we are not living beings by chance. God premeditated us. He said, let us make man in our what? In our own image. So Jesus didn't come by chance. All the life he lived on earth was not by what? But he had a goal. He had a goal. When we read Matthew chapter 1, we'll realize we'll know his goal. His goal was that he came to save what? From their sin. It was straight. So everything that Jesus would have lived, the 33 and a half years, there was something he wanted to what? Achieved, and he achieved it. So why did you come to this meeting from yesterday to today? Because the pastors forced you to come? Oh, so what, why, why did you, is, this is a goal. Somebody say, yes, sir, they forced us to come. They say we must come because we are leaders of teams. In fact, sir, now I'm supposed to be making some like money now. But thank God this is my second to the last semester. I will not be, I will not be attending some of these things. You see, this is where you are getting it wrong. Because if you cannot prioritize the things that are valuable to you now and that should help you, then your life will continue to be a haggard life. You'll just be moving from one point to another. And you, let me use the word of somebody that I follow. You'll be a spectator. That's what spectators do. Many of us have watched AFCON now. Everything moves is everything moves a what? 
spectator. He is a man moved on impulse. Write this thing down if you are writing. If you live a spectating life, your life will be lived by chance. Nothing, nothing will come to you. Nothing. Everything that comes to you will come by what? By chance. Which means your journey will be far. Your journey will be very far. Deliberateness. Carefully thought out in advance, planned, studied, intentionally carefully thought out, planned, studied. Okay, I repeated this. Why? You know, so done on purpose, judging, deciding, not in rush, hasty, or not or what? Meta what? Dodica, I wrote something, you can underline something here. Studied, knowledge. No goal can be achieved without knowledge. If you're writing, write this thing down. No goal can be what? Achieved without, say, sir, I want to go to so-so place. The next question I'll ask you, what knowledge do you have about the place? No goal can be achieved. You can never achieve anything that is valuable in your life without what? Without knowledge. And we say, what is the definition of process? Process is a procedure, something you do in order to achieve what? A certain what? Result. So if we are going to define this using all this, you know, we say goal setting is a process, it's a procedure. Something we do in order to achieve what? A certain result. However, something we do consciously and what? Intentionally. To achieve results. We do it consciously. Habakkuk, somebody should help us. Habakkuk chapter 2. 2 verse 3. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Thank you. Yes. Proverbs 16, verse 9. Nobody is there. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Lord directed his power of steps. Yeah, 21, 5. Wait, mommy, please, can you help us read that version again? Plan what? Uh-huh. And you will have... So which means if you don't plan carefully, you will do what? You will have what? Small and even nothing. And then the, the other part, ma. You will never have enough. It's, they're asking, what version is that? <laughs> Everybody is asking, what version is that? Good news. Good news has come to us. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. I think we don't need to say anything from here because let me say, as Jesus said, the scripture. Yes. Simple. Plan carefully and you will have what? Plenty. If you act speedily, hastily, Pastor Fred says something instantly. Cash out now. 
We want to be free. You know, I wrote something. That day I was just in the office, just kidding. Everybody wants to seek recognition. You just want to appear on the show, but you are never relevant. You just want to appear on the show. Hey, Costo, Costo, oh, hey. But you are not what? You are not relevant. But when you seek relevance, recognition comes stuck along. It tags along with it. So the next question is, how relevant I am? Amen? Types of goals. We have immediate goals, short-term goals, immediate-term goals, and what? Intermediate-term goals, and what? Long-term goals. So immediate goals, just like the, the word is immediate, now, is a noun goal. I'm going to lectures now, right? I put it that I'm going to lectures, and then I ensure that I go to what? I go to lectures. Whether rain is falling, whether no food, whether there is no car, whatever it is, I must ensure I'm what? At my lectures. Amen? That's, that's what we do immediately. So we must be able to, as leaders, every one of us, we must be able to identify what are our responsibilities that are immediate what? Goals, and we prioritize them. You must, you must, you must. On my laptop, we're talking with Pastor Chidi, on my laptop, right, I have stickers everywhere on my laptop. So once I write all I will do on the stickers, anyone I'm doing, I'm ticking. Like yesterday when we were talking, I said, ah, ah, I've done this one, I've ticked, I've ticked. I say, remaining this one, remaining this, remaining this, I do it. So the ones that I know that are gonna be long, I know it. The ones that I know I have to do it tomorrow, all are written down there. So you must be able to know what do I need to do now. I mean, now. It's important. Many of us don't know what we want to do now. In fact, probably maybe now belief face leaders training. That's why you came here. It means that when we say we're belay face, it means anything by chance, anything that just happened, boop, that's where you go. Yes. Mm -mm. You must know the things that can be achieved what? Now. Within one to what? 30 days. Yes. I've met some people, I asked them, I said, so what will you be doing in the next one year? Say, sir, I don't even know what I will do by next month. You're asking me of one year. Let alone now, you're not telling me, you know, you know, I've reduced it. When I came, I said, do you have 10-year plan of your life? I said, sir, what is 10-year plan? I don't even know what is one-year plan. And you're asking for 10 years. You start from immediate. If you can identify Im immediate goals, then it's easier to know what in your life are what? Short-term goals. And if you can be able to know what in your life are short-term goals, then it's easier to know what in your life are what? Intermediate goals, things that in the next one to 10 years of your life, you will be in that place. Long-term goals, 10 years and above, you will know. There's no how me, you meet me and discuss with me for 10 minutes, you don't know where I'm going to. It's, it's practically impossible, me, it's, it's just impossible. See, it's just impossible that you discuss with me. You must know where, you must know. Say, sir, don't you think you're too proud? Uh, I'm already moving. I've seen more results. 
Stay where you are. When I get there, I'll be more proud. Why? Because somehow my mind is wired on where I'm heading to. And this is on the platform because I know where I'm coming from, right? And I know where I'm, I'm heading to. I know, I know where I want to go. I know it. I didn't bring the book here. I will have shown you. Since 2010-11, I've already written like 30-year plan of my life, sincerely. Not accidentally. This one, I did it prayerfully, not, not accidentally. Before God whom I stand here, virtually all of them, people that are close to me, I've shown them. All of them are coming to pass. All of them. All of them. Not one of them. Till today, where God has placed me. If you are writing, write this thing down, please. I will never live my life accidentally. I will never what? Live my life what? Accidentally. Why? Because what? When you can be able to identify these activities and happenings in your life, it's easier. You won't be dispensing lots of energy anywhere. You won't be beating the air. I'm telling you, you're going to be, you're going to be smiling every day. You will be in joy every day. We're going to come to it. But one of the things that kills our efficiency and effectiveness is pressure. So if I don't identify this, 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 and I get into pressure, aye, that's all. Some of us pressures will just cut church, cut activities, cut friends, cut family, cut everything. We must cash out. We must cash out. The only goal we see is cash out. And do you realize when you are in pressure, the thing you want to cash out, you will not cash it out. Goals can never be achieved under pressure. Never. You can never achieve any goal under pressure. Never. It may look like it, but it's not it. You can never. And Jesus said, come unto me, all ye who are what? Who labor and overburdened. And I will do what? And I will give you rest. What is the kind of rest? Now he began talking. He continued talking. He said, that kind of rest. He said, carry my what? Yoke for my body is, right? And my yoke is what? It's easy. He knows that you are laboring. But he has observed that your kind of labor, there's no rest inside. He said, I want you, when you come and meet me, I will give you, you will not stop that labor. So you will not stop doing education. But you will start doing education with rest. And he said, how will I do it? He said, come and carry my yoke. Let me, let me, you have, you have tied yourself with another, I don't know, another cow that is not making sense. Come, let me put my yoke because I'm stronger than you. All you need to do is just to follow me. However, you are walking, you are still plowing, but you are at rest. Amen. So you can't achieve goals under pressure, never. 
You cannot. So our responsibility to identify them is important because if you can identify your immediate goals, you realize that you arrive at your what? Long-term goals because all of them are what? Are connected. You mean they are connected. So a person that cannot do uh, immediate goals, forget, oh, no long-term goals, oh. forget, no long-term goals. You're struggling to attend lectures now, no long-term goals. You're struggling to be part of team meetings. Ah, no, no long-term goals. Forget it. So it begins from here. It begins from where? Here. He said, write the vision and make it what? And make it plain. We are going to come to it. There's a lady I'm speaking with. She's in Chile. You know, but she has so many issues like that. She forgets many things that she wants to do. I say, okay, you know what? Where we're starting, okay, write, write things down, write it down. What today you say you do what? I want to do this. Okay, write it. And you want to do what? Write it. You want to do what? Write it. I want to do what? Write it. Okay, okay. The next thing you'll be doing is anyone that you, you are able to do today, tick it out, tick it out, tick it out. Since you are you are saying that you always forget things. Because it's important. If you don't know what is valuable to you now, you can never know what is valuable to you later. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not a magic or a miracle. Mm -mm. So you must know what is valuable to you. The question will be now, how do you know what is valuable to you now? It's important. Like the question a brother asked yesterday, I'm a breather, but education not a work. My education is not working. How is it that I'm a serious Christian? You know, I understand Bible. I even teach or I preach. But my education is not receiving teaching and preaching. What is happening? Eh? He needs to be discipled. <laughs> Such a person needs to identify many things that he's doing wrong regarding academics. Amen? The importance of goal setting. He aids to build a discipline in what? In making strategies on how the goals and ideas developed can be what? Achieve Luke 14, 28. First, help us. Luke 14, 28, everybody. Luke 14, 28. Are you there? Help us read it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You sit down and what? Sit down first and do what? Figure it out and what? What it will cost to see if that building can be completed. Many of us, we don't sit down. Sitting down is what? Discipline. Sitting down is what? Discipline. You sit down and figure it out. So don't you think now that where is the place of faith then? Don't you think with faith we should just act it? Because faith acts. And me, I will tell you that faith is not foolishness. 
Faith counts the costs. Amen? Faith does what? Count the costs. So if you see a man of faith, a man of faith is a man that always what? Counts the what? The costs. He says, sit down and figure it what? And figure it out. So it aids to build discipline in making what? Strategies. If, if I can figure out how to achieve my immediate goals. Ah, okay. I'm on the way going now. Because you don't build, di I always, discipline cannot be imparted, right? Pastor Fraser is a custom, receive the spirit of discipline. Uh, you, you, will, you will live there so foolish that you came. You cannot. Discipline is built. How? By doing something from the first hour to the next, to the next, to the next day, to the next day, to the next day, till it becomes a lifestyle. So you see somebody will outline 10 things and the person does them all and you're wondering, how are you doing it? Some days ago I was telling Pastor Chidi, I said, uh, I, during my bad day, I now saw like 100 messages plus. I say, you know what? I must, normally what I will do, I will just go on WhatsApp and say, Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you for sending message. And that is all. Life continues. I say, no, this time around, I will learn to reply 500 messages. I will learn to reply 1,000 messages one by one, one by one, one by one. Discipline. Oh, you know that thing, you copy and paste. Thank you. God bless you. You go to the next one. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Paste. 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 Uh-uh. Pays too many, right? <laughs> well, some people will just go broadcast. Just send it. Thank you. God bless you. You will not put thank you, ma, or oh, thank you, sir, because you may not know where it will enter. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, build what? Tell somebody beside you, build discipline. Tell somebody, build discipline. In this year, build discipline. Amen? Can you see this, this thing? Discipline is the bridge that connects everything that happens in our lives. Both with God, both with the things of the kingdom, both with the things of our career, our vision. You want to get money. You want, do you know your whole boys are too disciplined? Oh, my. They stay on that laptop countless of hours. They are too disciplined that they will go and invite native doctor from Nigeria. So that if the one on computer is not working, let this one to connect, to back up the team. But we in the kingdom, eh, no discipline. In fact, it's in the kingdom we, we, we find high percentage of, is it indisciplined or undisciplined? Which one? Indisciplined. Why are we adding in for them? 
without discipline. Out, just out discipline. Yes. On camp, the soldiers will always tell us, right? When they are trying to drag us, drag us, drag us, say your body will feel it, but you will not die. Your body will feel it, but you will not die. Your body, that is discipline, no? Your body will feel it, but you will not what? But you will get to a place where your body will kick in. Your body now is feeling it, is enjoying the ride. That is discipline. So I do something on and on until I enjoy the what? That, that thing that I'm doing. That is why you say, I say you cannot achieve goals under pressure. You can never. Amen? It provides direction and focus in which tasks, projects, and ideas are achieved to, pre to prevent what? A disordered approach. Proverbs 29, 18. Somebody should help us. Mm-hmm. Happy are those who keep what? Yes, without order. That is the importance of goal setting. It helps us. We are able to have a sense of what? Direction and focus. Academically, no direction. No focus. Spiritually, no direction. No focus. Financially, no direction. No focus. Regarding your physical health, no direction. No focus. We just see you are adding size, you are adding mass, you are occupying space, you know, academic, nothing, just nothing is happening. No what? No direction. No direction. No direction. Discipline helps us to have what? Direction and focus. I began this year telling myself, you know, I will go to John C. Maxwell Institute very soon. I will go to John C. Maxwell Institute. I, I will be there. I, I said, there are people I want to meet. At a young age, there are people I want, to, I want to meet. I want to meet some people. I already have them. I want to connect with some people. Right? Yes. Sister, what are you talking about? Uh, which means that you don't know what I'm talking about. That's a young age now. <laughs> I love you people. <laughs> oh my God. You people got me this morning. <laughs> no, come on, guys. Am I not young? I'm young. Amen. I'm a young man. Yes, I'm a young man. What do people want to say? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I love you, sir. Praise God. No. I already have direction. Yesterday, Pastor Chidi, in the night, we were talking where we went back. As I said, born those things that people are saying. We, we, we sat down with him, we were calculating. Now, if I put money there, Kai, oh, in the next, I will have like 1.2 million. $5,000. How much is $5,000? Huh? Like 2 million. And I say, hey, we'll be happy. This, you can't take it. The direction is here. It's already inside me. You cannot take it now. It's, it's not, this, this is how I move. Like, once it becomes a conviction, you cannot remove it. Many of us, our goals are not conviction to us. They are not. They are not. That is why you see I talk it anywhere. You see the way I'm talking it? That's how you see me there. It's already a conviction in my, see, it's in my DNA. I'll be there. I'll have a lunch with John C. Maxwell. 
From there, I will see Robert Kiyosaki. Then I will now meet with, with Brian, uh, Brian Tracy. I will move around and see some of those things, and I will enter Harvard and register for two months course, and then come back to Cyprus. This is already here. Yes, sir, you know, you are now a professor. You need a car in your life. Say, I don't need a car. You see that money? I'm putting it in that place. It will bring more cars. Amen? Car is a need. Oh, when I came out of CIU yesterday, and I calculated when I arrived here, I said, no, car is a need. Oh. <laughs> I stood there, and public bus took like 20 minutes. I said, this 20 minutes, I will have arrived here. I said, no, John C. Maxwell. <laughs> Uh, now I'm telling you. It's already here. Do you know why? I know where I'm coming from. If I don't become this thing, I'll end up like them. And see, I'm telling you. I am telling I know where I'm coming from. If I don't, if I don't drive with this passion, I will I. It aids us to create clarity of what? Of the goal, commitment to the what? To the goal and how to overcome the challenges. So which means we are gonna meet what? Challenges. So achieving goals are not smooth right. One challenge, you just reach bus stop and then that is when bus is passing traffic lights. You don't have taxi money. You don't have this, what will you do? Is it all? It's the will of God that today I should not attend lectures. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yes. Do you know there is nothing will of God? You have already planned you won't attend that lectures. You premeditated not to attend lectures. And so what did you do? You woke up late. You had your bath late. You were still checking time. Time was passing, oh. You know the time that boss gets to your station. You now, the time that he gets to your station, that's when you are leaving your house. And you know it takes you seven minutes to reach bus stop. As you are reaching there, boss was passing. Say, ah, thank God. No, no. You had already planned it. <laughs> and you say the devil cannot steal your joy. You had already planned it. Amen? So there are challenges. Please, if you are here, you are serving as a team leader, or you are hearing me as a father, or as a mother, or as a brother, or as a sister, or as a pastor, or as a friend, or as a colleague, there are what? Challenge. Nobody should tell you. You know the way motivational speakers speak? Oh my, they will motivate you. You think this life is challenge free. You think like when you just do whoop, you start flying. No, have you ever sat down other motivational speakers? Oh, you will, you will almost empty plus the clothes on your body and give out. But it's when you now take the step. Ah, uh -uh. like like Pastor K will always tell us. One one man visited them in the church. He fired them, and in another place where it's not a church, he gave them the ABCs. They didn't disturb Pastor K. Because the man was sound a lot. I was doing this. I was doing that. Please, please, can you tell us that this thing? It's very important. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, what did you ask me, sir? I told you to talk to financiers. He overcame many challenges and become what he is. But now on a platform where church people, you know because church people, oh my. Everything, everything, everything must be connected to prayer. It must be connected to the word. It must be our lives by default. We know that it thrives on these things. But you realize you don't live all of your life inside the Bible. You live it in the world. And under the sun, there are principles that run for everybody in this world. So we read the Bible, we, we pray, we, but we don't yet what look for that device that can translate that thing into the world. It's the same principles that we're doing, you know, that, that prayers I do, Rabaka, he was doing out white wall, right? It's the same thing that was just translated to the six months old. So he overcame many challenges. The question now that you ask yourself, how am I overcoming the challenges I'm facing? When last did you choose to take a goal and you faced a challenge and then you still say, I must go through it? When last? Small challenge, you run away. Small, just small, you run away. Have you ever faced a challenge that cost your life? No. The one that cost your money, you run away. The one that cost your time, you run away. You try to bake and sell, right? First day, people did not buy it. He said, this church don't love me. Oh, these people cannot see the entrepreneuring, this thing, inside me. You understand? Small challenge. That's why I say, until it's a conviction. It cannot be. You cannot. I must cook this food until Cyprus eats it all. I must cook it. We started with immediate goals. See, we must learn to appreciate days of little beginnings. No goals can be achieved with a great result. You will start seeing the results in drops. And those little results will be the evidences for you that the bigger ones will also come. I used to fear about many things, but my fear, every year, God clears my fear. I see it every year, it goes. It helps us to stay motivated until our goals become what? Re reality. Ooh! Ooh! Yeah. I'm going to John C. Maxwell Institute. Oh, I'm going, I'm telling you. Say, sir, how are you going to do it? Don't worry, I'll get there, I'll get there. Things are happening here. Don't worry, I'm going there. Ah, I'm going. You see the way I'm excited? This is how you see me. I will land at John F. Kennedy. That's why I will drop there with my small trolley. I'm telling you, yeah, you have already seen it. It's already a done deal. I just stay motivated. I just stay motivated. I stay motivated. See, 
You see this man? I have already, God has put a motivating system inside me. You can never demotivate me. Many people that come, you can never. It's, it's just impossible. It's, it's practically impossible. So sometimes do you get to worry about things? Yes. Sometimes do you have some things that you maybe you fear about? Yes. Many, but I can never be demotivated. Never. Steps in goal setting. Yeah, we're on time. Write the what? Write the goals. Write the goals. Write the goals. Says, how do you know you want to do this in my head? You're a liar. God commits himself to people that honor his words by writing them down. If you can write what God is telling you, he knows that you are serious with his words. I always say this. Imagine the scriptures, eh? the scriptures that we read today. Imagine it's in a voice note. Do you think it will reach to us? No, imagine it's in a voice note. God did voice note. <laughs> I love that. Somebody will forget to what? To share. Somebody will mistakenly format. Virus will destroy the device or something. Oh, guys, when you write a vision down, Nothing can stop it from coming to pass. Even God told Habakkuk, it's for an appointed time. So the things that God is telling to you, there's a time attached to it. He said, even when you don't see it, now wait for it. Wait for it, what? Wait for it, it's coming. He said, see it, it's coming. Wait for it. What goal do you have for the team that you are the leader there? No goal, no. No goal. You have no goal for the people you are working with. No vision for the people you are working with. We have many families, many families with no vision. Father, no vision. But you know, you know I've realized something. I'm learning more, right? A mother that is unlearned, right? Every woman, this one I'm learning it, but I will let her find out more. Every woman that God has made, comes factory fitted with vision. Comes what? Factory fitted. Because God has called them to be helpers. They are already factory fitted with what? Vision. So when they get to a man's life, even when the man is dumb and not doing anything, you'll see them doing things. They have not gone to school, though. They have not gone to anywhere. But you just wonder the kind of ideas that are coming out of their head to support the men. What the men will do and take alcohol, move around with bad boys, do this, do that, and that's their life. Learn to write things down. Learn to write. If you don't value, I have many books that I write. I have many, many books. I, I, have, I, I just have many, many books. And many times I go to revisit and check lots of things. Lots and many, many things. It just makes me stay focused. It makes me stay disciplined. I don't forget many things. I always say this. Always pay attention to yourself. 
pay attention to the man or woman you are becoming. You will forget. Write them down. I'm telling you, write them down. Right? Because it will be what? It makes them what? Tangible, plain, and what? Clear. I always go and visit them. And I ask you, hey, tomorrow what is your thing? You just say it. Why do we ask the team leaders to write the reports? Write something about what do you have regarding the next things you want to do. Write them down. Write, 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 write. Tell somebody beside you, build a culture of writing goals and visions. Both for your life and for everything around you. Tell the person. No, I'm telling you. I challenge you. Focus on the what? Result. This step helps you in knowing which goals should be what? First on the what? Priority. Underline the word priority. Many of us don't know what is priority in our lives. Nothing. The place of priority matters a lot. You're a correct man if you can prioritize things. So. You're a correct woman. You're a correct father. You're a correct mother. If you can what? Prioritize things. By asking which of them matters what? Most right now. Which one matters most right now? Sleeping on your bed with a hot cup of chai or attending lectures. Amen. You order some peanuts from our sister or some chin chin from our sister. They are throwing one. And you're, and you're watching AFCON. And lectures is passing. Write this thing down. For every goal and vision, that you refuse to rise up to responsibility for, you'll pay a price for it. You'll pay a price for it. For every goal and vision that you are responsible for and you refuse to rise up to it, you'll do what? You'll pay a price for it. Create smart goals. Pastor Victor has told us about smart goals on Sunday, right? Create an action, what? An action plan. Make it concrete. And you know, I have not had the message of concrete like the one I had some, some months ago. Okay, it's not like, okay, it's not like, it's like one month ago, almost one month. Yeah, it's this month, yeah, almost now. Make it what? Concrete. Don't say, eh, I want to marry next year. When? When, when, when? He said, next year, next year what, when, when? Is that is why there is no action plan. Action plan is making, I want to make money, when? When? Tell your friend, when? Tell the person beside you. When do you want to do it? When? When do you want to do it? I want to get 4.0, when, when, when? No, I'm telling you, I'm telling you things that also hit me. It's because it's not concrete, you'll be, it's next year. It's next upper year. It's, it's next. You will stay next year for the next 10 years. I want to write the book. When? I want to sing the song. When? Make it concrete. In fact, don't just give a month. Give a date. Give a date. He's here. He said he brought this in that he wants to marry. He said, when? Select a date. He said, August. I said, August, when? He said, maybe first week around this. I said, fine, let's all start working with it. And he married by that August. I said, correct. 
make visions. You see Jesus and God, sorry, in Habakkuk chapter 2. He said, for it is an appointed time. He has already concretized it. Everything in your life, make, let there be an action plan. So as you are writing, also be figuring out an action what? An action plan. I want to go to Canada when? Because the way you are doing, as if we will bury you in Cyprus. <laughs> when? I want to move this team to another place of excellence. When? No, no action, nothing. I always tell people, you know, my dad is one person that, you know, when you talk with him, he has built many things with his mouth. So you see that space? I'll break it down. I'll put up one story building. Yes, we'll move the wall. We'll do this. No when. Till today, nothing happened. That's the difference between my mom. When she comes, see, this place, we are putting a wall. She moves it. Create a what? A timeline. Let there be a timeline, please. Work with the timeline for your teams, for your life, for your family, for your children, for your money, for everything. Create a what? Timeline. It guides you. Assign dates, milestones, deadlines to achieve your goals. They motivate you to stay on your what? Schedule. You will know whether you're moving or not. At least now I can say that the methods that I've used has to work now, and I'm willing to teach many people regarding how to be able to graduate with a good result. At least in the matter of two or three, through this established, right? I have four evidences, or five. So it means that this thing is working. Amen? Let, let there be, let there be, let there be, create a timeline. We already know what is smart, specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and what? Time-bound, specific, be clear and specific so your goals are easier to what? Achieve. This helps you know how and where to get what? Started. They have to be measurable. They have to be actionable. They have to be realistic. Many of us have unrealistic plans. Very unrealistic. Very, very unrealistic. Your sponsors are struggling to send you 10K per month. And you are telling us that you will go to Australia. We are not saying that you will not go to Australia. No, we are not saying that you will not go to Australia. But where you are now, be contented. Please write this thing down. Many of the things that will make you not to achieve goals, right, and visions is what? Lack of contentment. Faith is contentment. Faith is contentment. You're not contented. You're not contented at all. There is no contentment. I can say one of the things that have helped me these years, this years, I'm telling you, I'm satisfied with where I am, with one trouser, with one shirt. I'm satisfied. But I can tell you that things are getting better. But I'm still satisfied what? Where I am. Amen? 
So steps in goal setting, you should do what? Act. Tell the person beside you, act. Tell the person, act. Act. Tell the person you have talked too much. Act now. Yes. Stop talking. There's one that I hear say, talk and do. Start talking and doing. Talk and doing. Amen? Act now. All the things you hear me, I'm saying, I'm already acting them. I'm telling you, when we used to say them, it's because we had no money. We're just saying them in the air. That's why people don't believe us. Write this thing down. Write it. You know the more I say this, I just hear many things come to me. Write this one down. Are you writing it? Write this thing down. Even when there are no resources to back up the things you are saying, right? Still make up your mind to act when they come. I'm telling you. Because if your mind is made up, when the resources come, you will act. But if your mind is not made up, when the resources come, we'll see you in Deriboyo, California. We'll see you chilling around. We'll see you wasting resources. Act when? Now. This helps you to start executing and working on the goals until they are achieved. Act now. Reevaluate and assess the progress of what? Of the goals, right? The important part I wanted to, to say more is what? Accountability. Who are the people around you that you are accountable to? That when you don't act, they push you. Pastor Chidi, you say you will do this thing. I've not seen you done it. What's happening now? You see, why you have been stagnant for a long time in one place is because there are no people around you that can push you. There are no people around you that can encourage you. There are no people around you. I, I, I always see many people, you just want to live by yourself. You don't want to connect with anybody. You don't, you see, all the things, for example, you hear I'm saying, I want to connect with many people. I want to, I want to arrive at that place very early. And I realized that people are the platforms that makes a man's life move very fast. I know this one, from last year to now, this is a reality. I don't joke with people again. Never. Don't underestimate anybody in this room. In fact, I now add it, don't underestimate a man who has the Holy Spirit. Never. Find people that you are accountable to. If you say you're going to go to John C. Maxwell Institute and they don't see you in the next five years, it's brother, Havala. find people. Find what? People. Because when you are accountable to people, listen, even the things you don't have resources for, because they believe in the things that you are saying, right? Doors will open to them and they will be the platform that those resources will come to you. You are not passionate about anything. We don't hear you say anything. We don't see you write anything. You are just living your life just like that. You are not accountable to nobody. Ask for what? Help. Too many big-headed people moving around. Very big. You cannot ask for help. You see, me, if I'm in trouble, I'm telling everybody must know. So don't you keep your troubles private? I don't keep them private. He says, see, that my thesis is 4K. 
4,000 euros. Yeah, 4,000 euros. I'll go do now. And you are just relaxed. Do you want me to kill myself? If you have it, you give me. If you don't have it, join me. It's as simple as that. Ask for what? Ask for, don't be too proud to ask for help. If not, you will not achieve. See, oh, glory be to God. All the things you will ever be in this life are on the platform of what? Help. It's not everybody, it's not everything you need money for. No, now I believe it. Ask for help. Ask and you will what? Seek and you what? Knock and the door will what? If I know what I'm looking for is with you. Oh my. You, you will get tired of me. Amen? Ask for help. Continuously assess your what? Your progress. So we have this. Very amazing, right? Things that will stop you from achieving your goal. When your goals are not what? Smart. They are not specific. They are not measurable. They are not actionable. They are not realistic. They are not time-bound. Anything is just disordered. You are not going anywhere. Your life will be what? Disordered. Good. So I, wrote, I just quickly wrote this yesterday. You are setting too many goals for what? For yourself and not knowing where to start from. You are letting fear dominate your headspace. You are surrounding yourself with negativity. Your goals are unrealistic. You are trying to impress others. You have not given yourself a compelling why. Why do I want to do this? And you are not what? Taking action, right? Then we come to this very fast. This is just two slides and we are done. So program planning is defined as a series of activities that lead to the development of what? A definite plan of action to accomplish a particular objective. So what are the objectives? It should adhere to the goals and objectives of the what? Organization. This is specific for us. When we say organization, we are not talking about where a big industry or something. Your team is an organization. NECF is an organization. Your family is an organization. Your friends, a group of friends is what? An organization. Amen? So what are the series of, of activities that you are doing to develop, the underline the word develop? That is how you can be able to know. What are the things that you are what? Doing to develop that part. So it should align with the strategies to be implemented. It should involve all the leaders and must be executed as a team. It should be simulated and be divided into short and long what? Term goals for easy implementation. Time should be given for program reviews and evaluations. And also it must include a clear and what? Understandable budget and resources. I, this part, I'm very keen on this. Budget and what? Resources. You want to organize program, you don't have money, you want to invite uh, John McReynolds. And he tells you that his budget, just invitation, is $30,000. I say, yes, we can do it. And you're in Sanai collecting one five. <laughs> can you imagine? No understandable budget. That's foolishness. It's not faith. Faith will never put you, write this thing down. Faith will never put you under pressure to achieve a goal. Faith will never put you under what? Pressure to achieve what? A goal. Simple. So how do I do it? I collect data, facts, I analyze them. Oh, two minutes. And then 
I identify the problems, I define the goals and objectives. That's program planning. Well, program action, you plan the work, you execute the plans, you evaluate the progress, and you reconsider and revise the what? The program, right? So we're going to have this material given to us, and then let's be able to go over it. Amen? And then say, be responsible. Set goals now and stop. Yes. Can we appreciate God? Let's give thanks to God. Let's give thanks to God. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. So um, I want to start with a story in the Bible of two different people. You remember that story in John chapter 5? That man at the pool of Bethsaida. Who, was, who, who has been sick for 38 years, the Bible says. And then Jesus Christ came to the place. And Jesus Christ said, would you want me to heal you? Would you want to be made whole? Do you know the response of the man? Yeah. And then people are here. People will jump in, and then they will jump out. Do you want me to heal you? That, that's a very simple question. But then the man could not answer. Well, thank God he was dealing with Jesus, because if he was dealing with a man, he probably would not have gotten his... Um, healing. And then the other person, when um, the blind man, when Jesus was passing by, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus Christ asked, okay, what do you want? He says, that I may see. Do you see two different people? I mean, the two of them met with Jesus. That's why I love Jesus. Jesus is fascinating to me. Either you know how to communicate well or not, he will still answer your prayer. But then you are a man. So if you don't know how to communicate, God can understand your heart. But man, you need to explain to them. So as a leader, you are dealing with other men and effective communication is necessary. Praise God. All right, so I want to start with a question. How many of you have been misunderstood before? I mean, I, I expect everybody to raise two hands. But then also, seriously, how many of you have misunderstood somebody? Everybody. Now, most of the time we have misunderstanding, we don't know what this person had said or is saying because we don't know how to communicate. We don't understand communication as it should be. And there is nothing we can achieve as leaders if we don't get better at this. OK, this is another question. Do you think communication or being an effective communicator is innate? You know, some of us say, ah, Kola is a speaker, is a natural talker. But then um, Tunde is a. He cannot talk. There's no way he can speak. There's no way. Do you think communication is innate or is learned? I mean, what did you say? OK, if you think it's innate, say hi. If you think it's innate, no, I don't want you to say both. If you think it's innate, if you think it is, some people are born with that ability. Is it talking or communicating? Communicating. <laughs> communic I mean, being a good communicator. Communicators, great communicators are great speakers. So it's, it's kind of intertwined. So if you think communication, effective communicate, or be, to be an effective communicator, you think it's something they bond some people with. Say hi. I think communication We are talking about effective communication. <laughs> All right. So, um, but then if you think it's learned, say hi. So that means we are doing a good thing by coming to learn about it. Now, if it is innate, so why are we here? If it is innate, why are we going for trainings to get better? Why do we try to read and all? So 
communication can be learned. You can learn it. I mean, being an effective communicator, you can become even better at it as time goes by. So I want to encourage you, if you are a leader here, it is your duty to learn how to communicate better. If you think somebody is not understanding you, if you think, oh, I'm trying to say this, they are not getting it, you need to ask yourself, okay, how better should I communicate it? How better should I make it known to them? This is what we have to keep doing for us to become better people. All right, the lifeblood of leadership is influence. So nobody is a leader except he start influencing other persons. What we call leadership essentially is influence. You see that? Now, I am not leading my home or my family or my team until I start influencing them, until they can see something in me and say, oh, I would like to do that. Or they can hear me say something to them and they will understand it and go and run with it. Leadership is equal to influence. And then I said the oxygen of influence is effective communication. If the communication is not effective, influence will die. Do you understand that? You know what oxygen is to the body? With oxygen, we breathe in, we breathe out. That means we can live. Now, our influence thrive and survive and propagate is through what? Effective communication. Everything we do in leadership is communication. In fact, almost everything we've been learning here, how do you get it done? How do you impact it on your team members? You do what? You come, in fact, what are we doing right now? We are communicating. We are talking to one another on how to get better. In fact, growth happens through communication. In fact, destruction also happens through communication. Everything is communication. So if you are going to be an effective leader, an effective spiritual leader, then you have to learn how to speak. My mentor of blessed memory, he told us success is not for shy people. I mean, when he said that, I never forgot. I mean, it's been five years now or so that he said that. He said, success is not for what? For shy people. Somebody who says, ah, but I cannot say it, but I'm shy. But I'm... learn how not to be shy. <laughs> it's not a spiritual gift. Shyness is not in it. Do you understand that? You learned shyness so you can unlearn it. Do you know that? How can, you, how can you unlearn shyness? How do you learn shyness? Let me tell you how you learn shyness. You know, most of the time we grow in different environments, right? And our parents, let me, naturally, a child is born to speak. Children are born to speak. As children, when they, when they come out, they cry. They are voicing out an intention. They want to say something. They see you do something, they are asking questions. That is how children are born. But then parents, and this is why we are coming here to learn and learn. When you have your children, you need to learn when to shut them up and when not to shut them up. Sometimes you are shutting them up and you are killing their confidence. So many parents have killed the confidence of their children entirely. They shut them up. They don't allow them to voice their intentions, their thinking, their creativity. Mommy is doing something. The child wants to say, Mommy, why not do it like this? Say, shut up. What do you know? You're a baby. That's how we've learned shyness over time. So it gets to a point, everything has an elastic limit. If you are a science student, you know what elastic limit is. So when you get to the elastic limit, or everything stops. So the child wants to say something, he keeps quiet. Because he doesn't want to be shouted at again. Or he wants to say something, 
he keeps quiet because he doesn't want to be wrong. Because maybe the last time he was wrong, the mom beat him or beat her as if being wrong, as if being wrong is a disease. Being wrong is no disease. And that's one of the problems we are facing in leadership. People being quiet, not talking about their life. I love what Pastor Costin said when he said that he doesn't keep quiet about his challenges, about his problems. I mean, that's another me. I don't keep quiet about my problems. If something is happening with me, you will know. I talk out, I speak out, I relate to people. My housemate can, can testify to it, the pastors can testify to it. If you are my friend here, you can testify to that also. I speak out. You see that? Now, if you have been shut down for many times, or you have been beaten for being wrong, you get to one point when you don't want to speak again. Then at that time, you've learned how to be shy. You've learned how to keep things to yourself, to keep things inside. So what do you do? Now that you are old, now that you are older, in that code, I mean, you are no more a baby, what do you do? Put yourself in the community of people that will allow you to express yourself. Put yourself and be deliberate about expression. You see that? We went for a meeting some, some, some days ago, and then I noticed, I noticed a very, very good friend of mine did not talk at all in the meeting. All right. So I asked her, why didn't you talk? Why didn't you talk? Okay, sometimes maybe because, okay, I'm going through something. Sometimes maybe because something is on my mind and oh, It should not be because what if I say what is wrong? What if they don't want to hear me? You understand? Now, so I, I asked that question to know the reason, to know why. It's good to know why. Okay, if the reason is, ah, I don't know if all those old people, I can say, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if all those old people, I can say what they would like to hear, or maybe they will, they will learn from what I'm saying, then we are getting it all wrong. So we can, we can unlearn shyness. Tell yourself, I can unlearn shyness. Say, I am on my journey to being confident. All right. So everything we do is communication. And so if you are going to communicate as a leader, then you need to kill shyness. In fact, don't unlearn it. Kill it. Stab it. One of my mentors, Timmy Hussein, he used to say, call him talented Timmy. So he said, when I mention something, you say, I'm killing it. I want to do it very, very quickly right now. So if I say something, you say, I'm killing it. You see that? Shyness. Poverty, ineffectiveness, unproductiveness, lack of goal setting, lack of achievement, lack of I mean, unproductivity. So you tell yourself, I'm killing Some people are even shy to say, I'm killing it. <laughs> no, seriously. You need to know how to relate well in this kind of a place. Because how you relate in this kind of place is how you will relate outside of here. Don't be shy to kill anything that is wrong in your life. All right, effective communication makes a healthy team. Now, if you want your team to be healthy, to be super achieving, then you have to communicate effectively with one another. Do you understand that? Effective communication makes what? Makes what? And we have different teams. We are going to have different teams in our lives. When we're in the university, we're going to have a team of people doing assignments together. We're going to have, in fact, we are presently in the days of social media, different groups and teams that we have. When somebody, when there's no communication in a particular group, what happens? It dies. It dies totally. So the same thing in your team as a leader, in your department as a leader, if you are not communicating effectively with one another, the team will die. So effective communication makes a healthy team. Assumption is what? 
the real threat to effectiveness in communication. Assumption is a killer of communication. So human beings are thinking beings, right? Except for those who, who decide not to be thinking. But human beings are thinking beings. So when I call Ruth, I want to tell you something. Ruth start thinking. Ah, what does he want to tell me? What have I done wrong? What the, you understand? No, so she's presently thinking different things in her head to the point that she can be distracted from getting and understanding what I'm trying to tell her. She's assuming. How many of you have seen people assume something you've never said? You are like, oh my God, I, I never said that. Oh, I, I, I never, every time. <laughs> and most of the time, uh, uh, no, this is not to attack the media people. Most of the time, the people not in our church, I mean, I'm talking of what I've seen. I'm talking of what I've seen. Now, most of the time, the media people often misunderstand or assume something for the pastor or for the person who is preaching. You understand? So maybe the pastor is saying that joy is all I have right now. The, person will, the media people will put it online. They will now write the person's name. But the, the person says joy is the only thing that matters in life. I mean, did he say, are they not two different things? You understand? <laughs> or, or maybe somebody says, oh, wow. Maybe I explain something. I say, oh, that's crazy. Somebody, I'm, somebody will go and say, ah, pastor is calling crazy. People are assuming what you are not saying. So please, if you are going to be an effective communicator, because communication is not just in speaking and speaking, it's also in listening and holding conversation and prolonging conversation and making conversation effective, you know, and affecting them, creating a goal out of a conversation to make it happen. You see that? You have to learn to listen without assuming. You see that you reduce your assumption level or you kill it totally. But then you can't kill it totally because you have to assume. That's how we are made. But then learn to do it correctly. All right, so why communicating effectively is important. The best ideas are useless if not communicated effectively. So why do you need to learn communication? Because you are going to always receive ideas, right? Because you are the image of God. The spirit of God is in you. And then it's going to tell you something. It's going to create an idea in you. It's going to give you a direction, a purpose. Now, if you don't know how to communicate it, everything dies. How many of you have had an idea before, and then you discover that people don't understand it, and then you just drop it? You see, a lot of us, we face this often, all the time. And this is the way to keep a home. This is the way to keep a company. This is the way to keep a church. This is the way to keep a team. If you don't communicate well, your ideas becomes wasted. Number two, to convince others and carry them along. Another reason why effective communication is very important is because you need it to convince people. Now, this is not just them getting your idea. So somebody will say, OK, you want to have 200K by the end of the month, I have heard. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you get what I'm saying? You need to convince them. OK, how will it happen? If you give me this 200,000 Naira, this is what I can do with it. This is how I will do it. If you, if you are not a good communicator, you are not going to convince them. So and bring them along to, 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 to run the journey with you. You understand that? So if you are an effective communicator, you are able to convince them and carry them along. 
Number three, the reason why effective communication is very important is because misunderstandings and conflicts are resolved or avoided because of effective communication. We've talked about assumptions just now. If you are not a good communicator, people will misunderstand you a lot. So most of the time, stop saying, well, they misunderstand me. They misunderstand. If it is happening again and again, then the problem is not them. It's who? It's you. So you need to ask yourself, how do I communicate better? Oh, my team members, they are always rebelling. This one, that one, this one. What is the problem? Maybe I am not communicating it very well. Then lastly, it saves time and, time and emotions. You understand? We don't have to come back to it again and again when it is communicated well and when it is understood once. In fact, industry leaders are not looking for people that waste their time. They want to communicate with you, and you are able to grab it, and you are able to work with it. Emotions, too. We get hurt most of it. How many of you have been hurt before because somebody you love does not understand what you're saying? For real, I mean, this, all these questions, I want you to participate. Have you been hurt before because somebody you love does not understand what you're saying? Yes, it's because of communication. So we, we, we save ourselves time and emotions when we learn how to communicate, uh, communicate correctly or effectively. You see that? OK, so how do I communicate effectively? I mean, we've been saying all this and all that. So how do I then communicate effectively? Some people are not writing. How do I communicate effectively? So we're going to talk through some things that will help us to be a better communicator, right? Number one, the message must be communicated with language, images, and metaphors that the audience will understand. See that? How many of you speak English here? No, for God's sake, well, this, is, this is a training. You have to wave your hand if you speak English. How many of you speak English and understand English? Awesome. How many of you speak Yoruba here? So, Mun Losilewa, I'm Velosovunda Dimi. Now, what I just said now, do you understand? If you don't speak, in, if you don't speak Yoruba, you will not understand. So many times at home, Raymond will do as if he's understand what I'm saying, but then he does it. <laughs> so, to communicate effectively, what do I have to do? I must use the language that my audience will understand. So when I was growing up, I was opportune to, to lead um, the choir, the youth choir. We used to call ourselves the youth choir. It's different from the choir of the church. You know, at that time, energy is plenty. The choir in the church are not doing things well. They will be singing and be shaking like this and be doing different things. So we, youth choir, that's what we call ourselves. So after the adult choir have done their own ministration, they will call out the youth choir. So most of the time when we are doing our rehearsals, I tell them, you know, they want us to sing very powerful English songs, all these ill songs, all these, no, I don't think there was ill songs there. All these dumb women, these dumb women, the women of faith, and all those kind of things. So they say, let's sing this one. I say, no, these people, the majority of our congregation are Yoruba people. So why will you be singing uh, English songs? In fact, number one, some of them will be angry. Some, some of them are not really progressive in thought, right? So they will be angry that you are even singing. There's this mommy. I know she will not listen to this message. But I will not mention her name, though. There's this mommy, you know, she used to abuse us then. She would say, eh, I want to Takasufi, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, they used to abuse us. Because in those days, in those days, in the disco halls, what they do is, you know, they do something like this. So when we sing songs 
that are in English, and then we are dancing and all. So the mommy will say, we are singing Takasufi songs. <laughs> all those kind of things. You understand? Why? Because they don't understand what we are saying. So I told them, this is what we'll be doing. Anytime we want to have a, a program like this, half of our songs, especially if it's, a, if it's a all night, there's this um, program called Mariah. So half of our songs must be in Yoruba so that people who don't speak English can follow. So I noticed when we are singing some of these Yoruba songs, and then we are using those words in the, in the, in the Bible, you know, we sing from Psalms, they will start doing like this. Oh, he says, sing a new song to the Lord. You know, all you learn, they are excited because we are using their language to communicate to them. Jesus Christ did that. Anytime Jesus was speaking, he speak in the language of the audience. He used metaphors and parables in which they can understand. He spoke in trees and with trees and with farmers and all those kind of things because he wants them to understand. So what language are you using? Do you know you can be speaking English and be speaking another language? So if you are speaking with a child and then you are using flabbergasted, uh, you, you are using some, yes, you are speaking in English and bamboozled by what you are doing. You are speaking in English, but then you are speaking in another language. So maybe the reason why your team members have not been communicating with you or have not been responding well is because you are speaking another language. So what language have you been speaking? Then number two, effective leaders are equally comfortable communicating to individuals small groups and large gathering, gatherings, customizing their approaches for each audience. Now, another thing you need to learn as a leader is after you've learned the right language, you need to also learn the type of audience you have. Am I speaking to one person? Am I speaking to a few persons? Am I speaking to a large congregation of people? So I teach people when they want to go for interviews, when you get inside, try and profile the face of the people. Know who is fairy red and who is Earth green, who is sunshine yellow and who is cool blue? Okay, I'm speaking another language right now. These are personality, these are personality language, uh, languages, right? So you want to know who is the person that doesn't have time. So when I'm talking to Pastor Chidi, I know how to talk to Pastor Chidi because you know Pastor Chidi can really give you time to listen to what you want to say and then he will want to explain to the fullest what he has. You understand? So that is somebody. And now when I'm talking to another person, Maybe a fairy red person. They don't have time. Go straight to the point. Pastor, Pastor Chidi is a cool blue person. He wants yeah. details. He wants to give you details. Yeah. A fairy red does not want to hear, what do you want? <laughs> Actually, I was waking up this morning, and then I said my prayer, Oga, okay, get out of here. <laughs> it is what do you want? So you need to know your audience. You need to know who you are talking to. Am I talking to a lot of people? Am I talking to intellectuals? Right now, I'm talking to students so that this is how I can speak to students. You see that? Then another thing is you have to use variety of communication methods. Now I'm speaking. That's a method. And then I'm using my slide. That's another method so that you can get and understand what I'm saying. I'm using storytelling. I'm using pictures so that you can get what I'm saying. Use methods that will help or aid your audience or your people. Do not neglect, I love this, do not neglect the power of face-to-face -face communication. It is a timeless method often missing in today's flood of remote messages. Face-to-face -face communication will still be the best. Just like word of mouth, just like word of mouth method of selling will still be the best. Oh, I'm selling this, you're posting it everywhere. 
Who have you told in the last seven days? Who? You've not told anybody. You are not going to sell shishi. Post it on, people will see it and scroll. Do you, people don't even have your time anymore. Do you understand? I just give you a trick on how to sell more. Speak to people. You know, oh, you are, you are a cleaner. You are just posting flyer everywhere. Okay, how many people have you told? You meet nothing less than 100 people every day if you are an active person who is going out on the road. How many, how many out of those people did you tell? Word of mouth, the same thing, events, programs like this. We get the best of it when we do it face to face. You see, don't neglect that as a leader. So I know that at this time we are trying to use online. If you are able to meet physically, don't ignore that. You know, in the last meeting, team specific training meeting we had in um, evangelism and follow up, I mean, somebody came to meet me and said, wow, we need to do, I think it was Brochure Gunda, we need to do this once in a while. Because online meeting is not so effective. Let us call a spade a spade. Somebody is pressing phone and he's doing, you are seeing his head is there anyways, <laughs> but then he's doing something else. Do we understand what I'm saying? So in your team, if you are able to meet physically, even if it's once in a while, okay, yes, let's do online for some time, but then let's do some physical time. Because at that time, we fellowship. Do you understand that? All right, repetition is what? Repetition is what? See. When you are a communicator, you learn the power of repetition. Don't just say Brrr. You need to repeat once in a while. You need to tell, remind them the vision, right? Remind them the vision. Don't forget, we want to do this, we want to do that. As a leader here, if you are using a WhatsApp group, your group should be active because of you. Do you get that? Your group should be what? Active because of you. Repeat. Come, come back to tell them and let them know that, oh, this is what it is and that is what it is. Repetition is magical. The message needs to be repeated, but not in the same words every time. And not so often that it gets tiresome rather than motivating. Use another word. I mean, I remember one time like that, we wanted to pray. I said, don't pray in tongues, pray in understanding right now. Sometimes you need to learn to use words. Words is how we communicate our language, our intention, our culture, with words. In culture, we learn words. In language, we learn words. In school, we learn words. Words have root meaning. Words have connotative meaning. They have denotative meaning. If you don't learn how to use words, you will be misfiring all the time. Read books to learn words. Simple words that will communicate wonders. To motivate others to reach their goals, you must constantly communicate your message to them. Aim the communication directly at the need and wants of the audience. Don't just be talking to, somebody is not needing what you are saying, you are just saying. You understand? What is the need of this audience? What is the need of this audience? You need to know that. The most powerful messages are communicated indirectly, using allegories, symbols, and stories. The stories should be relatable. So when we are saying a story, you should not be saying another story that is going south when you are speaking from the north. Use relatable stories and allegories and images, right? Some of us grew up with parents who, are, who use signs to communicate to us. You understand? So when a, when a visitor comes into the house, your mom just, I mean, he already communicated and it's so effective, right? So you need to learn how to use 
signs and body languages to communicate to. It is very, very important. That's how you become a better communicator. How do you carry yourself when you are speaking? You know, some, somebody is saying, I love you. And then the person is frowning. I love you. I mean, is, is that true? <laughs> you know, so you are a leader. You are telling your team members you love them. And then you are frowning at them. That is not communicating. Do we understand what we're saying? So when you are using some of these sign languages, you need to learn to use the correct one and the one that they will understand. All right, pay attention to the diversification of the team or audience. Some of us have not still accepted the reality that in this place, in Near East Christian Fellowship, we are multicultural people. We are not all from Nigeria. We are not all from Yoruba side. Or we are not all from Aousa side. Or we are not all from um, Igbo side. So when you are making a joke in your language that other persons will not understand, you should learn or try to do what? Interpret it. Let them be able to follow. Praise God. Do we understand that? Even Paul was admonishing when, when it comes to speaking in tongues. He said, don't just speak it in a way that a, a stranger will come in and then he's saying, ah, what are they saying here? Imagine Pastor Fred comes to the podium on Sunday. I say, today, we're going to be talking about light. Can you open your Bible to, and then he, he gives you the scriptures. And then he says, Libra to so prete, elegede bose, pum, 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 ling, ging, 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 boom, 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 pa, 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 perregede goza taya. Oh, ga, 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 ga. And then he jumps off the podium and he continued. And everybody was saying, oh, I mean, initially, initially, you were thinking, okay, he just want to lead us in about five minutes prayer. And so you were trying to go along. And then it's 10 minutes, it's 15 minutes. I'm sure Pastor Victor will first open eye like this. <laughs> you see that? You see? So you should speak, let them understand. Understand that there is diversification. So use the language that everybody will not be left behind. Don't let any member of your team feel that, oh, it's because, I mean, they are now doing as if everybody is Yoruba. You understand that, what I'm saying? If it concerns them, speak it in their language. That's how to be a good communicator. Now, as a communicator, too, I'm telling you, this island is a good place to learn how to speak, how to get better with communicating. Don't just have all Yoruba friends. Or you're from Botswana, you only have Botswana friends, or you're from like, uh, Liberia. Liberia, or you're from Rwanda. I want to use Rwanda as an example. It's like Rwanda, these people always hang out with themselves. When are you going to invite me for a hangout? <laughs> this, is, this is really very important. We, this is a diverse community, and it's a place to actually grow in communication. All right. Next one is seek knowledge. All these things we are mentioning, they are ways to be a better communicator, an effective communicator. So what's the next one? Can we all read that one I, I, I actually bold in? All right, so now you are a preacher, or now you are a speaker, or you are a leader. For example, you are an evangelism, I'm using my team, evangelism leader or you are a follow-up leader, what are you supposed to do as the prayer leader, choir leader? What should you do? Read more about choiring, if there's something like that. <laughs> about being a singer, about singing, right? Read more about being an evangelist 
oh, what are the things that some evangelists have done? As a Bible study teacher or leader, read more about Bible study. Now, this will help your communication. Let me tell you how it will help your communication. It will increase your bag of words in that particular space. If you are from Nigeria, for example, there's something we call register. Word register in English, right? So they tell you this is a register of medicine. So when they say register of medicine, they are saying these terms are useful in the medical world, right? So they ask questions, they, they put a gap and a gap and a gap, and you are filling it with words from medicine. The same thing, if you are a leader in a particular team, start thinking, start reading in that particular space. What are the things that great people who have prayed in time past, what are the things they, they were doing? You'll be able to communicate this effectively with your people. How can I be a better follow-up person? Everything you want to know is online. Somebody said the, the library of Alexander the Great, you can achieve it, you can assess it online right now. You see that? So why are you not seeking more knowledge? As a preacher, for example, you've, if you've noticed, except you are not a noticing person, you notice that all of the pastors, their messages keep getting better. How? Because they keep learning. They keep what? Learning. I mean, sometimes when Pastor Fred finished speaking, um, preaching, I'm just like, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Praise God. Or maybe when Pastor Victor finished speaking, I'm just like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> because it's so amazing. Praise God. Now, how do they achieve these things? How do they get better? They do work. They, they, they spend time. They bury their head in study on the scriptures. So as a teacher or as a preacher, what do I do? to seek more knowledge, I read the scriptures more. Pastor Victor was asking yesterday, have you read the Bible? You are a spiritual leader. You are a leader in your team. What you communicate with them is the Bible. You want to make them become like what? Christ. That's the goal. Pastor Ima was telling us yesterday, the goal is who? Christ. So number one goal setting, according to what Pastor Augustin had taught, that you should write down is to, be, to what? Become like Christ. Praise God. This is very important. So learn more in your field. Pastor, ooh, somebody was asking, okay, Pastor Chidi was asking, are you following people in your space, in your field? Some of you don't have anybody you follow that is in your field. How are you going to become great in that field? How? Have you read books? When you are studying mathematics, for example, have you read books about mathematics? What can I do with mathematics? Have you listened to podcasts about that? This is you seeking knowledge and more knowledge in that particular space. It's important. That's how you become a better communicator. All right. The next one is what? The next one is what? You have to share information timely as a leader. Many times you don't have to wait for your uh, followers to go and be finding out. And then they will now come and ask you, sir, I wanted to ask this, I wanted to ask this. It's always better as a leader to be in charge in that particular realm or space. Be able to share information timely. Do not allow, do not always allow your follower to get the information second hand. The next one is what, please? I, I want everybody to cross this. Listen. Most of the time we don't know how to listen. Some people think, oh, those who talk too much or those who talk a lot cannot listen. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> many times or sometimes, many times or sometimes people who have People who are good, people who are good students of communication, they, they speak very well and very plenty, but they also listen very well and very attentively. Do you understand? So everybody must learn how to listen. I want you to tell your neighbor, listen more. Listen more. 
it's important. There is no way to grow without listening. When you are speaking, right, you are not really learning most of the time. But when you listen, you are learning more. Do you understand what I'm saying? So learn to listen. Learn to keep quiet. One of the mentors used to say, keep quiet and listen. Do we understand that? Learn to listen. All right. So listen carefully to people and show them that you have heard them by responding verbally, nodding, or taking action. Some people may not be so good at nodding. Right? I, I remember one of those days when I was trying to look for more opportunities online, and then I stumbled at Matt Lloyd, and he was talking about top-tier business. I've always been interested in speaking and selling things. So I was thinking, OK, instead of selling small, small things that will be giving me for five naira profit, there are some things they call them top-tier business. right? So some of them, you just have to sell one in a year, or one in two in, in six months, and then you are richer than somebody who's selling every day. Do you understand what I'm saying? For example, let's say you're selling a land for 100 million, and then your profit is 10%. How much is that? 10 million. But then somebody is selling something, and then the profit on each is 5 Naira. How many 5 Naira does he have to sell to make 10 million? It's a lot. Do you understand? So I was learning from Matt Lloyd, and he was trying to just um, explain. So they have these people, all these America companies, they always have somebody on standby that you call, that, that will speak to you. So immediately you apply for, especially Jack Welsh or even um, John Maxwell. If you apply and they see an application like this and you put the phone number, expect a call very soon. So they called me and then they were asking, so what do you want to do? And so I said, um, I want to do this. And then you'll be hearing that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, OK, mm-hmm. What are they trying to say? They are trying to say, I am listening to you. I am with you. Do you understand? Let me see. Some of these companies in Nigeria, you are talking to them, um, for those who, are, who have not learned very well. And then they are just quiet. And then you are like, are you there? <laughs> you see? So you need to do what? Acknowledge the person speaking. Let them know you are what? You are listening. Do you understand that? That's how to be an effective communicator. All right. Then the next one is acknowledge bad news. Acknowledge bad news and thank those who have dared to deliver it to you. Some of us are leaders, and then we are scared of bad news. Don't be scared. What, it, what, what, what being a leader means, Pastor Fred has shared this before. What being a leader means is that your happiness can be tampered with during the day. Because somebody is coming to say, oh, Pastor, I'm so excited. I just saw my ACCA result. I had all A's. I mean, I passed everything. You're like, oh, glory, glory, glory to God. And then another call came in. Oh, Pastor, my dad just died. You see that? Don't just say, ah, oh, gao. <laughs> oh, gao means, ah, ah, this shouldn't have happened. Oh, now, wow. Something like that. No. You should learn to be, I mean, as a leader, learn to know that anything can come, right? But then learn to acknowledge and appreciate those who are able to tell it. This will encourage your team members to be able to tell you things. Like, let's say something really terrible happened, and then they come to tell you, like, hey, Jesus, ha, <laughs> hey. The next time, the next time, you know, Pastor Fred was sharing about some people where you tell them some things, instead of you helping their faith, you destroy their faith, something like that. You see? <laughs> there will be one helping your faith. So don't be like that. As a listener or as a good communicator, learn to receive different things that come, and then be able to acknowledge them, and then be able to train yourself to give the right responses, right? 
oh, somebody died, and then you know that somebody died, and then some other persons are going to visit. What should you do? What should you do? Follow, so that you can know how to encourage or um, talk to somebody who just lost a loved one. Because very soon, very soon, somebody around you will have a loved one die. Dying is part of life. Do you understand? So you need to learn how to speak to somebody who has just lost a loved one. And then somebody who's open enough to tell you. You need to be able to communicate to them also. Do you understand that? So acknowledge them and encourage them. It's very, very important. And in fact, give them kudos for sharing it with you. Some people are going through really, really terrible things and they don't mention it. And then you're like, ah, have I been your friend? Do we understand? All right, then the last one which I put on this list is what? Ask for feedback to make sure people are understanding or people understand what you have communicated. Some of us don't know how to ask for feedback. We just do things and do things and do things. Feedback help you to know, okay, am I even making a point? Am I, am I communicating to these people or is my words just flying in the air? This is very, very important. All right, now let's just draw it down a little to spiritual leaders. We've been talking about being a leader and being a good communicator. So now as a spiritual leader, in addition to all these things, right, what are the things that you should put or take important note of as a spiritual leader in church, in teams, right, in things that concerns God? Amen. Are you ready? Okay, so I, I said, what do you think? I want to hear from two or three persons very quickly. Now, apart from some of these things we've mentioned, what do you think a spiritual leader who wants to be a better communicator should take a note of or should develop? Melody? Who is the leader of this sister? <laughs> you know, that's, that's a very good one. That's a really very, very good spiritual term. It should be discerning, should be in tune with their spirit, right? Sometimes they don't know how to say what they want to say. Ask them, there's something on your heart. You are in tune. You help them to bring it out. Do you see that? That's amazing. Um, Jonathan? She said what you wanted to say. <laughs> you people are in tune. <laughs> in spirit. All right, so. Oh. So, I'm so on point. All right, so. Okay, so um, in tune, any other person has a point? You should be patient. Thank you very much, Ma. Because. When we talk about communication, many people are not patient, right? As a spiritual leader, in fact, as a communicator, normally you should be patient. <laughs> not to now talk of a spiritual leader. There are scriptures in different places and diverse places talk about being patient with one another. Being patient with one another. Patience helps you to achieve great things. Pastor, Pastor Custom was talking about goal setting. Patience even helps you to, he said you cannot achieve goals under pressure. <laughs> and then they think you are feeling cold. And there's a story that um, Kulesori talked about when, I mean, you know, the way we pray in Africa now, we pray, we pray fervent. In fact, I've attended some meetings. I use name to cover the church, you know. I've attended some meetings, and then the way they pray, one of those days, my mom took us, when we were younger, my mom took us to programs. She wants our battle to be destroyed early, <laughs> you know. So my mom took us to a meeting. The meeting was called Power Must Change Hand. I did not say anything. I did not say anything. <laughs> I did not say anything. So the meeting was called Power Must Change Hand. And, and you know, in that place, 
you pray some powerful prayer so that power can change and hallelujah. You see? So one of those days, we were praying. We were praying. We were praying. And so, they, I mean, after the old prayer, they now said, we should shout, um, like, hallelujah, seven hallelujah, something like that. So there's this man beside us. Oh, more. The way the man shouts hallelujah. I was shocked. Hallelujah. <laughs> you see? That was that was how he, sh- he shouted it. I'm telling you, you know. I mean, you 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 were. I was I was like, wow. So the same thing. Clayton was praying in a place abroad. He went from Nigeria abroad, and then he, he he was in a church. And so they were saying pray, and then he was praying so much. And so I heard that after the prayer, the usher came with a coffee or a water, <laughs> and then and then they gave it to him. And then it was like, what happened? And he said, ah, I thought you were cold the way you were praying. <laughs> I thought you were having cold or battling with cold the way you were praying, you know? <sighs> you know, you want to pray that prayer, you know? So we, le- we need to learn patience. Easy does it. Like normal Vincent Pell would say, easy does it. You have to calm down. As a leader, you need to be calming down. So with this one, I want to look at some of the, some of the things we need to put in place as a spiritual leader that can help us in addition to some of the things we've talked about. All right, so the first of it is to do what? Listen and observe. That was what she was saying. Be attuned. Learn to observe your members, your people. Learn to do what? Observe them. Observe them. Oh, as I'm talking right now, is this person even here? Somebody, you are talking, the person is in Nigeria. Do you understand? Oh, I'm talking to this person right now, ah, but then it's like the person is not really giving um, any form of attention anymore. You need to observe because you then know what to say. When you observe and you know that the person, somebody is lost, there are some stories that you can say that will bring them back. You understand? There are some metaphors, there are some um, um, icebreakers or something that will bring them back into the conversation. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So learn to listen and observe, to, uh, uh, observe people. Then ask them questions. You are not from Rwanda for Christ's sake. You are from Nigeria, and then you are a leader of people who are on this. Ask them questions. Maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe it's how they do things. Who knows? Do you understand what I'm trying to talk about? So learn to listen and do what? And what? Observe. Number two is to do what? Pray for listeners. See, as a spiritual communicator, you need to learn to pray for the people who are listening to you. You see, don't just come and deliver as if you are just a motivational speaker like that. No, you pray. You stand in prayer for the people you want to talk to. You stand in prayer for your what? For your team members. How many of you have prayed for your team members in the last seven days? And then you want them to hear you. You want them to understand you. Thank you, uh, Brother Otio. He raised his hand. You want them to hear you and understand you? No, the devil is actually fighting for their attention. The devil is distracting them all the time. You need to stand in prayers for them. You see that? So if if you want to really, really communicate to their heart and speak to their spirit, then you need to pray for them. Cast down imagination. Say, in the name of Jesus Christ, every proudful heart, I bring them down. They are able to listen to me. They are able to communicate. You see that? Pray for your listeners as a leader. The third one is what? Humility. Becoming down. Be humble. Humility means that you know that the message is not about you. That's humility. You are not the Lord of the ring. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You are a leader, but you are not what? The Lord of the ring. 
Pastor Fred was sharing yesterday, God wants you to be in charge over what? Take dominion over sea and fish and all, not over people. You understand what I'm trying to say? So you have to be humble. Let the message be sent out and join the message with prayer. Praise God. Are you here? Are you following me? All right. The next one is what? Be faithful and trustworthy. People want to follow people who are trustworthy. Do you agree with me? See, you don't, leave, uh, you don't lead by title. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? I want you to give me a response that you, that you understand what I just said. You don't lead by what? By title. Oh, I am the man in this house. You don't lead by title. That's not how you lead. I'm the pastor here. That's not how you lead. You lead by responsibility. You lead by knowledge. You lead by consistent trust um, um, things. I mean, people must trust you over time. Do you understand that? So be faithful and trustful, um, and, and trustful or trustworthy in that particular space. We've made you a leader. There's a level of trust we have in you. So develop more trust so that your people can follow you. If when you are now a leader, people are not following you, they cannot respond to what you are saying. They are not able to ask you questions. There may be they don't trust you. They are not able to come to talk. Yes, I'm not saying there are not times when it's their problem. It can be their problem also. But then don't let it be your what? Your problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? Learn to be a trustworthy person. The next one is what? Be patient, be growing, and be confident. Don't be a leader that is not confident. Nobody wants to hear and write down what somebody who's not confident is saying. Success is not for shy people. Say it again. I want you to say it again. Say, I refuse to be shy. Say, why shall I shy? Shy? Me? Never. Awesome. So be very, very confident. Confidence is very, very important in being a good communicator. People want to know that you have some credit. Somebody is asking you, what have you done? Who are you? That's why I love some speakers. Before they speak, they'll say, why should you listen to me? They will then listen. I am the this, I am the that, I am the this. I'm, they're confident. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have to be very, very confident. One of those days, Pastor Matthew Ashimalo was preaching in a, in a place in abroad. I don't know, I think in UK or US, I don't know. So he was preaching to them, and then they were just doing anyhow. They were just doing anyhow. He just, you know what he said? He said, do you know, in this your estate, in this your area, I have about this, 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 this estate. I am the owner of those estates. Some of you are still renting houses, almost. They just sit very well. <laughs> you see, I'm not saying don't put your confidence in the flesh, but I'm just giving that as an example. If you have achieved something, it is an achievement anyways. So you may not be talking about it, but then know that you are not an ordinary person. If you are a, grad, if you are a student, do you know that in, in Nigeria, one in 10 graduate, at, graduate university, one in 10, one in 10 people graduate, I mean, the normal basic education, um, university, the BSc. Do you understand? So if you graduate BS, BSc and you're still putting and being shy, huh? what is wrong with you? Come out of your shell. Come out of your shell. And then if you proceed, you, 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 you had the masters, then you have some levels of, of um, authority. Do you understand what I'm saying? So don't be, don't be shy everywhere. 
be confident, be growing. Growth is very important. If your pastor is preaching the same thing again and again and again, you know, like some of my pastors when I was younger, I know what they are going to say, you know, because they will use our other pastor's teaching. I mean, their own pastor. Um, Dr. Ogundeji is dead now. I, you see, so some of the teachings he has taught them, they've written it down. It's not wrong, but then it shouldn't be all the time. You should be able to learn and look for more things. You should be able to think about it and be able to bring something out of you. You are the image of God. You have the spirit of God in you. You can bring out solutions from your inside. You, you are a creator. Do you know that? So don't just go and be carrying um, something and then you are shy. Ah, I don't know what to say. Sit down and think. Sit down and pray. Sit down and study. Then you'll be able to create something. Be growing. Because with growth, you can carry your people along. When you are having a meeting and then you don't even have one thing that they can learn, how do they get better? So when you are planning for your meeting, the next meeting is Friday. Try and research something. Look for something that you are going to tell them, that is going to bless them. Be growing. It's very important. And be patient. The next one is what? Speak with grace. I want us to open Colossians 4.6. This is one of my best scriptures. Very quickly, let's open Colossians 4.6. Colossians 4.6. I want somebody to read it very loud. Read it very loud, please. Wow. Let it be laced with truth and what? Clarity. Another version. Please, I want you to go and read that scripture and maybe put it in your, maybe put it in a paper and then paste it on your wall or something. The scripture says what? Let your speech be of what? Grace. You see, it didn't stop there. The Bible could have stopped there. It would have been powerful. Do you know that? That would have been powerful enough. So let your speech be of grace. But then they say, season that grace again with salt. Oh, I love Yoruba translation in that place. When our mothers read it, it says, <laughs> You know, like season it with salt. That's what I'm saying. Like, let salt, let, let salt beautify it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So as a speaker, or as a teacher, or as a leader, you want to communicate better, let your words be full of grace. Grace does not condemn people. Do you know that? Grace doesn't what? Condemn people. Grace always elevates. Grace shows you the future. It doesn't talk about what your past is, right? It talks about what God is making out of you. Let your word be what? Of grace. This is the method of God for saving humanity. What is the method of God for saving humanity? Grace. The method of God for saving humanity is what? Let not be that I did not use this red thing. Grace. That is the what? The method of God for saving humanity. So let your words also be full of grace. The next one is what? Sincerity of heart. Don't come and be, uh, what's the English now? Don't do eye service. Don't pretend. Don't come and be pretending here. You, the world has not even reached you. You are not even happy with being a leader. And then you are leading people. So I want us to go and do evangelism. 
Oh, I want you people to fast, though. You are not fasting. Do you understand what I'm saying? Be sincere as a leader. I want you to be doing your devotion, though. You are not doing devotion. You are not praying. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, this is how we communicate, because most of the time, our life is part of our communication. Do you understand what I'm saying? So don't just come and be telling us things, and then you are not sincere in your heart. Have the sincerity of heart. And then the last one, as a spiritual leader, you should do what? In Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Glory to God forevermore. Somebody's going through something. Sometimes you don't have to talk. Just sing. Do you understand that? Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives. The person connects. He doesn't, he doesn't, you are not saying anything. And then the person is just singing with you. It begins to make sense. Do you understand? Are you getting what I'm saying? When you hold my hands. The person just lost a dad or his dad, right? And then it's like everything is crumbled. Sometimes you may not even need to say. Just sing a song. It blesses them. This is the method of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, so effective communication cycle. From the sender, the message is sent out through a medium to the receiver, and then we expect a feedback. Do you understand that? Now, look at this. The sender must be very simple. Simple means they can understand. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Then the message must be very clear. Clear means it is not ambiguous. Are you getting what I'm saying? The, the medium must be free of what? Of disturbances. Why are we using this place? So that we will not be disturbed. Are you getting what I'm saying? Why are we taking exploit and holding R? Why is my pastor Victor holding exploit? So that there will not be a disturbance. Are you getting what I'm saying? So these are the things you should put in place. Then the receiver must understand. The receiver must what? Are you understanding what I am saying? Yes, uh -huh. So that means I am communicating effectively. So the receiver must understand. And then there must be a system of what? Feedback. And that's why we are going to have a question and answer session. Do you understand? Now, if this thing is put into place, me, I'm the sender, I want to be simple. And I, want to, I don't want to use bogus English. I want them to understand what I'm saying. Now, my message must be clear. So you sit down with your message. You read it. Oh, is it too bogus? Is it too ambiguous? Let me make it clearer. Do you understand? Then, oh, the medium must be free of disturbance. OK, you are using online. Are you making sure that there is internet connection? There is no pump? Are you there? Are you there? Oh, I'm back now. There's disconnection already. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then, are you sure that the receiver is understanding what you're saying? And then, is there a system of feedback? All right, so the listener's job. We've been talking about the speaker, the speaker. Now, one of the things that makes you a good communicator is what? When you learn to listen. So when somebody is talking to you, what are the things you should do? Seek to understand and not to criticize first. Do you understand? Seek to understand. Learn, learn. One of the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey is seek to understand before you are understood, right? Habit number three. So seek to what? Understand. Seek to what? Understand. Seek to what? I want you to cross it back to me. Seek to what? Understand. You, you need try and understand the person. OK, maybe I'm not understanding my housemate. Maybe that's why he's doing like this. Try and what? 
understand. Number two is what? Don't be critical when listening. Number three is what? Ask questions for clarity. It is okay to ask questions for clarity if you have done your job as a listener. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, most of the time, we need to do our job as a listener. Some of the time, the question we are asking is probably just there in the information. Uh, do, do you get what I'm saying? So, but then, if the question is not there, if the message is not clear, it's okay to ask what? Question. Ask question for clarity when you see or assure the message is ambiguous. Do you get what I'm saying? Then the next one is what? Repeat back what was said if it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation. So when the person finished talking, you say, oh, so you said I should do this, I should do that, I should do that. It helps the person to know that you understand what he's saying. That's how to be a better communicator. And then the last one, learn not to what? Learn not to what? Interrupt. Now, okay, how do I reconcile learning not to interrupt with um, repeating back? Wait, let the person finish saying, then repeat back. Is that simple enough? Okay, in conclusion, the goal of communication is to connect. And our communication is only said to be effective when it breeds what? Connection. Is your communication breeding connection? You've been talking and talking and talking to some people. They have not become closer. There's no connection. Do you understand? Our communication should breed connection. So as a leader, it is your job to be a friend to everybody in your team. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? As a team leader, as a cell leader, or as a member in a cell, it's your job to be close. So you may not be very close, huh? like that friend that's thick more than a brother, but then you are close to an extent. You can ask them what is going on. There has to be connection. Communication should breed connection. Now, so if it's not breeding connection, when you achieve connection with your friends, team, or follower, you can achieve just any goal with them by your side. Just any goal. Because now they are connected with you, they have trusted you. And then you can tell them, ah, we need to do this, they'll follow. You see that? You can help them become what God wants them to become, and you can get the best of your team members without having to overstress. Hey, you must do, hey, you must do. Connect with them. Do you understand? And then lastly, just like John Maxwell wrote, many people communicate, few people connect. We can reach the phase of connection when we develop effectiveness in communication. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. No, 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 uh -huh. just, this, this is not a pure teaching. This is just like uh, a workshop. So it's, it's not really going to be like in the other ones. Amen? Now, <clears throat> first, I, I want to say that um, this is put in the end for this training deliberately. Because we must have thought about a lot of things, goal setting, and all that. In the, in the church, there are unique ministries. And so you have to understand the uniqueness of your ministry or where you are serving to be able to do well. Remember, we have started by establishing that leadership in this kingdom, first and foremost, has to do with your life. In fact, in a nutshell, the ministry of a leader is an overflow of his life. Did you hear what I said? 
the ministry of a leader is an overflow of his life. So if there is nothing in your life, it's going to be very difficult for you to lead. You understand? In the world, as Pastor Fred have said, you'll find out that somebody who cannot keep a wife, who cannot keep a family, his family are scattered, but yet he wants to be your president. Somebody, so you understand what I'm trying to say? So he cannot lead his house, but he wants to lead the nation. You get what I'm trying to say? So you find this chaos and confusion here and there. And he says something very, very, very profound. Whether you are a father, a mother, or a child, or a son or a daughter, you understand? You can learn leadership right from home. So, like for example, some of us have started already having, if you look at in the church, we have, for example, the worship team, uh, the technical team. Yes, welfare also. I'm trying to pinpoint some of the unique ministries that sometimes can take your time that you will not, the, 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 the tendency to concentrate on services higher. For example, before we finished the, the, the session, Man of God was taking us, already the welfare have gone to prepare food. You see, they miss an important information. Now, it's only someone who is studious and have understood that leadership is first my life, that you will have to go back and do extra work to find this information and sit down. And that's why you see some people can stay in a church for many years and their life is too shallow. And you're going to pay for it. So it's not just, see, growing cannot be substituted by serving. These are two different things. And your serving cannot sustain your life. It's growing that sustains life. Are we together? So those of us that are in your unique ministries that sometimes can warrant you to go out of while some certain heavy things are being shared, you have to go to do some certain service. That is good. You understand? And we try by all means to minimize it. And next time when we are trying to do training, I am very hard when it comes to this. Maybe I, I can say that we will not eat just because they didn't come early to do it. Are we together? Because we understand what we should give more of our priority to first before the other. Are we together? So next time, we, I want to indulge us for some of us that are in a unique ministry. That's why we are there. Because there are extra sacrifices is required from us. That means you are, if we are starting program by 11, you're supposed to be here by 9. Because you want to ensure that everything, and you have sufficient time to test everything you want to test before time. So don't come 10 minutes or uh, 10 minutes to the time and you expect that you should do well. No, it's going to affect the program. Are we together? So also for either other special teams like welfare, like all other things, please know the uniqueness. And sometimes even the, um, the worship team, you remember that sometimes uh, the pastor can be preaching and we have a keyboardist behind because he's trying to keep the environment good. Man of God, you must do extra work because you're not writing anything. You're just playing. How many of us, after the message, you see insist? And media, because we are all leaders here, so there are certain things I will say that we can't say it in the church. I'm not happy with media team because we have been insisting on some certain things. See, you must move up. Don't say we are complaining. We just want you to do better because this is what leadership entails. It entails a lot of sacrifice. And that means you must, that's why Pastor Kola did some analysis of time. Are we together? 
But do you know that, let me tell you the truth, more of a leader spend time behind the scene than what you spend in the church. So you have to know that. So don't just go back home and you just see, okay, I don't have lectures from morning till evening. Oh, I don't, there's no church today and there's no practice today. Then you keep playing the whole day. You have not done anything. You pay for it. So some of the things we are sharing here is that if you must become a sound leader, an ever fresh leader, that somebody will want to look forth or look up to you always, because each time he comes to you, he finds out that, Kai, this leader is growing. This leader, there is something fresh in him. Then you must have to be able to understand your uniqueness of service. Then you understand the sacrifices in the service. We talked about the issue, many other things. Counting the cost, understanding what you are required, because that will tell you to know how you can plan your programs, how much time you need. Probably now, if I ask some of the, our, our team, media team or they're about, how much time do you require to, to edit a message that is one hour? Maybe they might not tell me. Maybe they can tell me. Because if you know, that means you would have put it into your program. You know that I have to spend these hours this week because message is coming on Tuesday. I mean, I mean Wednesday. Message is coming on, on Sunday. And remember, people are depending on you, not just only the pastors. Why? Because they need those messages to hear it again and again. So if you obstruct it or you, or you keep it, you didn't process it quite early, you are affecting other people's spiritual life. So don't always think that it's only pastors that are this. Because sometimes when you think it's just come to and this. No. The most important ministry might not even be those one people who are at the head. You are seeing them every day. So I have to start by this one so that to be able to help us to understand that some of our ministry are very crucial to the church. And if you, if you don't do it well, it affects so much of the church. We will not be able to reach whatever I'm going to share here. Because everything we are doing in this church happening, even including the, the one that give us food. If they have not provided this food, probably some people will not hear what we are saying now. <laughs> so it's important. They might think that it's just food. No. Go and read the book of Acts and see the criteria of those who share food. To tell you know, that it's not about sharing food. You are just thinking it's just giving this one or making it. No. Go and see. They must be full of the Holy Spirit. They must have a good reputation. You understand? There must be people who are full of wisdom. Question was that, how does sharing food have to do with wisdom, reputation, and full of the Holy Spirit? Please go back and sit down and, and meditate upon this one. You will know that anything in this kingdom is not insignificant. Amen. And it's also to also me. Most times, let me tell you the truth. When messages are going on in the church, these people don't allow us to hear it. Imagine you don't do anything. So if you don't cultivate the habits now, eh, it's going to affect you so much. Because you now, these people can crumble your spiritual life. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you are not, if you are not standing. So there's no any magic. So don't be complaining now. In as much that we're trying to uh, um, understand, that's why God has given us all different pastors here, because there's a part that I don't have. And you don't expect me to have it by default. 
You understand? And there are parts that man of God have, you understand, that I don't have. Are we together? It's all because we want to balance each other at the end of the day. So please, you are looking forward for a great tomorrow, a great family, a great... It starts now. Do extra work, then you become part of you. So even if tomorrow you have children and you are in the church, they couldn't allow you to eat, already it's a default setting. Immediately after that time, you are hunting for same information. Are we together? Yes. So, um, we will start by, because this is very important. As I said, this is just um, a workshop, so we're going to do a lot of interaction. For you to do well as a leader, they've already told us that you can't be a leader when you don't know where you're going, because nobody will follow you. So one of the things that is a must in this church, all of us must know this in offhand. Because to be able to do well, you must be working with the awareness. So that as you are sharing food, you know that the end result is this one. As you are singing, the end result is this one. As you are praying, the end result is this one. So that we can have to evaluate. Uh -uh. But uh, after many years I've been sharing this, how far have I reached here? Because the end goal is not sharing food. The end goal is this one. Amen? So are we together? Yes. So I, I have highlighted some few very key important things in this church. And everything we are going to do, this is where we want to go. This is where we want to be. This is where we want to see ourselves. You understand? So first is to be a Christ-like assembly. Is to be a Christ-like assembly. But it's not everywhere. We have a, a location, a place. We're going to see how all of us covered, even those who are not in near university. But what we are trying to say that this Christ-like assembly, it has a location. It has to have a location. It's in near East university. So we don't, we are not trying to have it in Turkey. Are we together? No. So we will not be putting, that's why you see probably the first important thing we are, is not, in as much we will go online, we will put our information online. All is not because we are thinking other people from America, first and foremost, we get it. That is secondary. But first and foremost, that our people should be able to use it and to become like Christ. So if this assembly does not become Christ-like, then we are failing, no matter what effort we are doing. So help us as you go. And those of us that are in, in the Bible study unit, I, I have talked to us, please, just see. Do you think we are growing? Do you think that all this year, all the Bible study we have done have improved something? Because don't just, yeah, we have finished program. We have finished this one. Then at the end of the day, you don't even know where you are going. It's going to be very, I mean, be a problem. So first and foremost, as we said, is to be a Christ-like assembly in Near East University. Raising disciples and leaders for Christ that will transform families, society, and the world for God. Very important. So note some of these things I have highlighted. First, Christ-like assembly. So we have a picture. This is where we want to be. 
in the South. Two, it's a near East University. Three, these are some of the things we're going to discuss it in the mission. Raising disciples and leaders for Christ, not for us. This has been established by Pastor Fred when he was dealing with understanding spiritual leadership. So it's not for us. And what are these leaders and disciples going to do? This is our focus, that our families will be transformed, our societies will be transformed, and also the world will be transformed for God. So everything we do, our academics, career, whatever, is geared toward this. So in themselves, they are not the goal. So you will now understand some of the things we are talking about, the issue of this. We will pursue academics. We will pursue career. We've just done career uh, talk here, understand? But in themselves, we will have money. In themselves, they are not the goal. This is the goal of this church. Are we together? So I want us to say it, all of us, again and again and again, because as I said, the next time we will have training, I will pinpoint some people, you must say it offhand. Yes, in this church. We are, we are, we are trying to build a banner, you know that kind of banner that you open and close. Yes, we, can, we will put it in the church, in the sun. as anybody is coming, you are, you are hitting with that reality, in the sun. So that if you come, you are saying, Pastor Kola, I think we should organize a comedy meeting. The question is that we will ask you, is he taking us here? Because you, you understand what I'm trying to say? So in your meeting, because all of us are leaders, and we have allowed you to be, to initiate things. You understand what I'm saying? So the question is that each time you are bringing a program, the question will ask you, is he taking us here? Because that's the question we will ask. If he's not taking us here, we're not doing it. Are we together? We don't know what vision, but this is a vision of the church. You understand? And this vision is not just for here. This is the vision of the church. If a church doesn't have this vision, it's not a church. It's a cult. Because the vision of the church is to all of us to become like Christ. Are we together? Amen? Maybe we should open that scripture again. We have read it. Ephesians chapter 4. Please read from verse, just read from verse 11. I think let's start from verse 11 quickly. Let's read it again. It's good to read the Bible. Over and over, over and over again. Yes. Uh-huh. 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 Continue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Of Christ, uh huh. That we henceforth be no more children, good, tossed and tossed, uh huh, and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Now, wait, 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 there. You see, when a church, when a people have been transformed to grow to the knowledge and also to assume or to come to a stature of Christ, they no longer become children. They no longer again being tossed to and fro by every wing of doctrine. Are we together? 
And that's, that's the point. So that means somebody came from, he said that he went to hell. From hell, he branched to heaven. Then he returned. You understand? And now tell us that it's so callous. Some of the statements are just so stupid. You understand? So the point is that so that you don't become to and fro, and all of a sudden you are just afraid. Oh, am I going to make heaven? You see, there are so many people, you know, those days, you understand? They tell you, are you making heaven? You understand? Because as if making heaven is a game of chance. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? No. Sometimes you are very energized, you are sure of your salvation and you go to heaven. And suddenly, something happens around you. Maybe you stumble and somebody say, you're not going to heaven. If the Lord comes here now, you're not going to heaven. You understand what I'm trying to say? The point is that you swing here, you swing there. When they come prosperity, this is it. This is a new revelation God has given to me for this dispensation. Question is that Christ has no dispensation. Yesterday we read it. Is today the same? Yesterday the same? And forever the same. What you know about Christ is about Christ. What you know about heaven is about heaven. Are we together? So you have to know certain doctrinal truths which are very important. So that you don't become a child again. This is somebody who have grown to the statue. And that's what we are committed in this church. We're not committed to producing us. No. And we're not keeping you here. Thank God you are not even saying, this is a very good example. This church, I love it because we're not keeping people because they come for school. You understand? It's a transit. So we're not even having a dream to keep you. This is like some, <laughs> you understand, to keep you and make you uh, uh, milk cow or cow milk, whichever one. You understand? Or milking cow that will be milking things for, uh, from, from, from you. The point is that is to grow, become matured and now move. That's the pattern of Christ. You go and evangelize, you groom, you send. You evangelize, you groom, you send. Are we together? Amen. So one, two, three, go. Can we say it? To be a Christ-like assembly in Near East University, raising disciples and leaders for Christ that will transform families societies, and the world for God. Again, to be a Christ-like assembly in Near East University, raising leaders for Christ that will transform society and the world. So please know that. That is the essence of this church. So if you want your family to be transformed, you want your society to be transformed, you want the world to be transformed, then you are in the right place. And we do that by ensuring that we become Christ-like. Because only Christ demonstrated the eternal principle of societal, family, and the world transformation. That's why we have, uh, what do you call, World Health Organization, uh, UN, United Nations. If they sow here, this one will tear there. They will sow there, this one will tear. Are we together? And all those peacekeeping and all that. You must start giving us some, <laughs> some principle. If you enter there, you will know that, that, that truly speaking, truly speaking, there will never be any unity when there is no unity of purpose. Because every country is there for its own benefit. So every drama they will play is to favor me. You understand? And everybody woo a friend that will follow the other one. 
Hallelujah. Now, I will take it off. So look at it again. We will say it off heart. Look at it again. Look at that's why I said this is a workshop, you understand? Look at it again. Just note some certain distinct Christ-like assembly in the Irish University. You understand? Raising disciples and leaders for Christ. Eh? To do what? That will transform families, societies, and the world for God. So you can separate it into three. Your mind can grab it. You understand? Into three. A Christ-like assembly in the Irish University. Right? Raising disciples and leaders for Christ. In the sun, that will transform families, societies, and the world for God. Amen? Okay, so can we say the mission now? Not mission, sorry. Can you say the vision now? One, two, three, go. To be a personal assembly near his university, raising disciples and leaders for God that will transform families, Amen. So we'll do it again to help those who are... <laughs> yes, I can see some other people say that they are falling. So amen. One, two, three, go again. To be a Zion family, university, raising disciples and leaders for Christ that will transform families, societies, and the world. Good. So please, every leader must know this. Are we together? Every leader must know this, please, because we will go ahead. So now let's go to mission. Where, how do we want to achieve this? You see, it's one thing actually to have the vision. It's another thing to know how to achieve it. Now, how do you want to achieve it? Actually, we don't invent things. We go back again to see how God wants us to achieve this. Now we discover that we reach out now because to be able to be a Christ-like assembly, so the assembly is not a wall. Are we together? The assembly is not a building. Hmm? It's not near his international office. The assembly is a people. You understand? A crop of people. So now, we have to first and foremost reach out to people because they are the assembly. So we reach out to them you understand? Now, in near East University and around Cyprus, because we understand that you know, that's where many people, even though you are not in near East University, it doesn't mean that you cannot be part of the church. Because part of us is to, is all people, please, is all people. You understand? We might be starting now for maybe most of us are, are Africans, but our goal is not just Africans. Are we together? Our goal is what? All people. Yesterday, Ima was trying to let us uh, point, point uh, some certain things uh, that look at these people in the, that body he has put. It's all people. Please note that. All people. All people. Then, in near East University and around Cyprus, how do we do it? First, through evangelism. Through evangelism. And that's, aside that, we're going to discuss more and more, maybe probably later on, to help us to know that by the time, because we, we still have another training, which is, uh, I'm coming to that, which is um, Christian Foundation School. You see, evangelism is part of your growth system. If a believer refuses to tell about his 
his faith, he hinders part of his growth system. We, we will tell you that. There are some certain things that is a default for a believer. This is something you must continually do to your diet. This is not about the go, I mean, a, a thing for evangelism um, unit, you understand? Yes, they can be specially capped out for that, you understand? But there is something particular, you understand? Just the same way we have faith and we have the gift of faith. Are we together? Please, there are so many things in Christian doctrine we have to be shedding light to. There's a gift of faith, and there is what we call faith. Every believer has faith. Are we together? But there's something we call a gift of faith. It's a grace that comes upon a man that he believes beyond ordinary. Did you understand what I'm saying? He believes beyond ordinary, and he wrought things beyond ordinary. That means it's not just his effort. This is a work of grace. While other people are trying to struggle to build their faith, eh? him is not building. The faith came, will come on him. This is what we call the gift of faith. So the same way, there are people who have been called as evangelists. Are we together? But yet again, all of us are required to evangelize as believers. So first and foremost, when we say true evangelism, we're not just... Don't be thinking that we are talking about the evangelism unit. So you, you sit there, there and, be, and be just singing every day in the church. No. Aside then you sing. Day-to-day life, and maybe we will, we will maybe uh, partner that man of God will have to help us, train us with what we call friendship evangelism. You understand? There is a small book I, I once read about friendship evangelism. You know, the U.S. Uh, church has a very good uh, part that they do a lot of research. And they discover that friendship evangelism do more than crusade. That the number of people that come to faith through friendship evangelism are much more than the entire crusade combined. Yes. Yes, they, yeah. They even stay in faith more. Because friendship evangelism has to do with First and foremost, an influence of a life. Because before somebody can agree closer to you to be your friend, and later on he's influenced by you, something deeper must have drawn him, not for one day, not for two days, not for three days. Are we together? So, please, when we are talking about evangelism, we are talking about all of us. You understand? All of us. And we're going to train us on how to do that. So don't be... Don't be you know, there is, a, there is a place that people say, eh, 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 go and do evangelism. And that they push you. So you are already scared. And you, you, you know that I've grown, like, I've learned it even when I was reading about child upbringing. You know, there is a way that you can force a child and he become so uh, afraid about you quite at an early age that he lost the motivation to do it. Even later in the future, one of you are trying to tell us how we can communicate, you can actually build either confidence or, 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 or shyness or a timid child because of how we relate with the child. So also in our churches, sometimes this kind of push, 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 you push you to go and do something you have not been trained for can really create an, a, a fear. So each time you want to speak to somebody, you're already, Lord help me. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So God, God will really help us. Amen. God will really help us. Uh, when I was in Israel, I stayed with one of uh, one guy from Germany, from the same uh, flat, and um, I never spoke to him about Jesus actually. So I was just minding my life, you understand, know, just as usual. But as usual, because I used to this have a habit of reading Bible, you understand. So sometimes, because of how heavy work is, uh, I might not have a particular time in, in that time, you understand, to uh, sit down. So what I, I devised a means that, because I wanted to cover a particular distance, uh, scripture. So sometimes when I'm cooking in the kitchen, I'll bring my Bible and keep, while I caught some certain things they are doing, then I'll just come and sit down. I'm just reading. So I didn't know that he has been observing me. And I was just living, this is my life. It's not that I'm doing because he should see it. Do you understand? This is, you see, that's the beauty of our life. Your life shines as light. So as you live your life, naturally, there are plenty of opportunities, except you don't want to live godly. But there will be plenty of opportunity to, 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 to preach, to evangelize. So time to time, he saw me the first day, the second day, you understand? Then he just observed me each time I come, and I'll just be smiling, reading scriptures. You understand? I just go back and cut my listing. He said, ah, he asked me, is that a Bible? I said, yes, it's a Bible. Are you a Christian? I said, what? <laughs> I said, sure. Sure. Are you one? I just smile at him. He said, no. I said, why? He said, oh, he started, we Africans, you understand? We're just following God because uh, we are poor. I said, I said, wow. You know, that's, that's a discussion. Oh, my goodness. You touch me. You, know? <laughs> you understand? Then I started telling him, I said, well, what you are saying is, you see, that's why I was taking to uh, Bible study teachers. You have to know so much about history where we are coming from. You understand? To be able. And in a sense, he's telling the truth. You understand what I'm saying? Then I told him, what? Well, it's true. What you're seeing, and that's actually what it seems, you understand? Then I start telling him our history, you understand, as a people, that we are not godless people. Even though we didn't know Jesus and Christ, we believe there is a God. You see, so I told him that it was not, you see, I have to teach him about history. You understand? So it was not easy for us to follow God, the true God, when Christianity came because our, we had a history. So when you see Europe otherwise, you have to go and search the history too. And where does the problem of atheism and all those things came? And I'm not, I'm not daft concerning the issue of atheism, concerning what is going on, all the issue of the theories, you understand? And that's how we start. Before you knew, sir, we spoke for four hours that day. Yes, sir. You ask me a question, I'll answer him with a smile and all that. I told him, you see, you know, all year I discovered that there's so much, and he's an atheist. We spoke, you understand? And I didn't tell him, I said, well, there's opportunity for you. Jesus Christ didn't come to die for Christians. He came to die for everybody, you understand? And all that. And I tell him my story. I tell him how I became born again. I, just because I come from a Christian home doesn't make you a born again person, you know? So I tell him all the stories, and I told him what Jesus said and all that. And he asked me some questions. I just keep talking. We keep talking like that. You understand? Just like that's normal as a discussion. 
He's not, I'll be born again. No, this is just, Jesus life. You understand? <laughs> Amen. So please, this is what we will teach us, you understand? So that anywhere, people have asked me inside the, the when we are doing uh, research, you understand? Inside this thing. See, you see, that's why we must have, because our light shines. People must ask you why. Because things are happening, you should be gloomy, and suddenly you are some different. Ah, brother, what is the reason? <laughs> Okay, let me show you something. You see, a discussion has started. He will not say you have interrupted his day. He was the one who came to you to ask. <laughs> Are we together? So you will stop all this, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. No. They will arrest me, how? <laughs> who came to me? <laughs> Amen. So please, evangelism, discipleship training. So when you are born again, that is a first step. It's not the end. You must be trained. You must be groomed. You must be equipped. Are we together? For their ministries and their life mission. All, some of us now, when we ask you, just the, the, one of the questions are how, I don't know, right? I don't know. So how do I know? You understand? Should I wait? I will not do anything until I know. You can't know. When you are not doing anything. <laughs> are we together? Because those who are idle cannot know their missions and cannot know their ministries. This is why the church is there. And that's why in our articles of faith, I will see share it, you will see. Are we together? So please, this is another one. So vision and mission. We have to hold these two. Understand? As leaders, we must hold these two. So we will go back to the same way we did that again. Amen? Yes, just to carve it later on. Let me say that. That eight years, I didn't know that what we have discussed kept disturbing his life. You understand? The Holy Spirit took over us. You are not a converter. So leave the work. So one of these days, because he just came to Israel for six months. I didn't know. Maybe the Lord brought him to meet me in the sun. You know, there is this kind of program that Israel, uh, you just come to do six months and go back to, you understand? So he asked me that when he's uh, planning to go in some few days, he asked me that, Kai, since that day we talk, that you couldn't understand some things and you couldn't, some things have been troubling him. Can we speak more? I said, sure. Anytime, in fact, if you just tell me you want to speak today, if I have a lab, I will cancel it. <laughs> in the sun. So one of these days he came in the sun. We spoke again at length in the sun. He was going the next day. So I asked him whether he would, because I have a lot of Bibles in my listing, that if he can read the Bible more in the sun. I know the Lord has sown a seed. For him to come back again and ask me. So I gave him the Bible. I asked him, the New Testament, I didn't give him anyone because I have plenty of New Testament. I told him, go on. You can read this one, you understand? God is everywhere, you understand? And that. Are we together? So, some people want to, if they speak, the person must break down and start crying. <laughs> the Lord, please save me. No, you are not God. You don't determine the time and the day of somebody. You can preach to someone if he's ready. 
to accept that, I asked him, you understand? He said he wants to read more. But that means God has started doing something. And I believe there is an investor in, uh, in Germany. You understand? But he needed to meet me, just like the Bible said that he, he must needed go through Samaria. Because he had to meet with someone. Are we together? And that's why I'm excited for going to Israel, not because I went and did research, but the kind of people I meet, the kind of people I have transformed. Amen. Now, let's go. One, two, three, go. Reaching out to all people in near East University and around Cyprus through evangelism and discipleship training, equipping them for their ministries and life mission. Again, reaching out to all people Good. So please hold this too because it will be demanded of you by the grace of God. <laughs> Amen. Now our co-values. Now these are the things we value in this church because of our calling and our uniqueness. So we believe and we value the word of God so much. And therefore we study the Bible without reservation. Ah! No, no, no apology. We dig into scripture so much, even including controversial. We are not, we are not uh, ashamed to say we didn't understand it fully yet. And again, but we are not again afraid to confront them. Are we together? That's why all of us here are coming from different churches. As we said, we are not here to keep anybody. If you are here to truly learn scripture, because even us, when we are growing our local churches, there are things they told us we didn't read it including you, most of the things you know about Christianity, you did not study it. You are being told, and that's how you held it, and you are running with it up to today. And that's why, how you should know it is when somebody says something against it, you are angry. <laughs> now, that means you didn't get the light. I'm telling you, that means you have some element of religion. I'm telling you the truth. Please, we are here to tell us so that we can be liberated. I am more religious than you, if you don't know, before. I'm telling you, I'm attending Equa Church. You understand? You understand? Equa is not Pentecostal, so there are many things that are not uh, taught there. So we grew with some certain, uh, some certain elements. You understand? Yes. So we grew, although some of us, we are asking questions, but we are not. May I even tell you, I have a background. My, my grandfather is a missionary in Equa, in the sun. So with SIM. So I have a very deep root in that background. And it helped us so much, that background. I'm telling you, that's why some of us are, have more root and standing than all these Pentecostal people. It's not because to discard those people. Because there is a part, again, which the Orthodox, or will I say the the conservative, you understand, have, re have refused to help. And now the Pentecostal are enjoying it, you understand? So some of us, we discover that, no, we have this, we need this one, and we need that one. But we don't want all the excesses and the one that they are stopping us from growing. In both angles. So if you're going to hold to, so there's nothing you will say about Ecuador, I'll be angry. Even if you say something about Jesus, I'm not Jesus. Jesus will hammer you. The point is that 
I am here, I am here as a representative. If you ask me there are contradictions that are this, then I'll ask you where are the contradictions. Then I'll help to explain to you, both by my life and by the word of God, by the grace of God. Where I fail, I told you I fail it, not because God, uh, the Bible failed it. I mean, fail. Are we together? So that's the point we are trying to see. We are here to be rooted in the word. If you are here for the word of God, welcome. Worship. We want to make worship our lifestyle. That the scripture will say, do all to the glory of God. Whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do. So when you go to class, we want it to become a worship. When you eat, we want it to become a worship. So when you are eating too much, it's not a worship. You understand? It's gluttony. And soon it will stop you from your ministry. Are we together? If you don't want to eat, some of them that are lazy, they can see me and I can see them. <laughs> you understand? They do not want to cook well. They don't want to eat. It will still stop you from your ministry. Your legitimacy to stay on earth and to do ministry is because you have a body. The day you die, the day this body collapses, you cease legitimacy to be on earth and you have nothing to do again here. So please, you have to treat your body very well. But we are trying to say that all of it constitutes worship. Whether you eat or you drink, or whatever you do, you do it to the glory of God. That is a worship lifestyle. So singing, and thank God for the life of our, our TOG, understand, very powerful people, understand? Tribe of Judah, our worship team. <laughs> Amen. So then prayers, we pray very well. Yes, sir. We pray very well. And there are more prayers to be prayed. <laughs> listen, listen, I want, to, I want to say some few things. Do you know as much that we talked about those things? Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Let, let me say quickly some things in this. Please, you, you have to balance some things, which I, I uh, uh, Bishop, Costin, I've started talking about it in the sun. Everything we do before anything we pray. But prayer is not the one that gives everything. Are we together? It's the one that helps us with wisdom and the grace to accomplish what God wants us to do. Are we together? Be not, do not be anxious. Eh? Be anxious for nothing. But what? Wait, wait, wait. You missed one word there. But in everything. Thank you, brother. Please, note that word. In everything. So don't say we don't need prayer every time. You don't know scripture. We need it, but we don't use it to accomplish everything. It's the one that comes first to help us with wisdom and how to navigate through life. But when you want to say to accomplish what you should walk, like Bishop was trying to say, you understand? You don't accomplish by... Uh, a, A doesn't come by praying, but it helps you to know how to navigate it. Are we together? It has helped me several times. I have read, because of the volume of things, I forget some certain things. It's not that I didn't read, but somehow I don't know how the thing escaped. But in the hall, 
I remember he's with me. Say, Holy Spirit, what is happening? Shut up. Then I'll just stay quiet. Then the thing will just hit me like they hit me with something. Whoop! Then I'll just be like this. <laughs> See, there was, there was a time. It's very crucial, that thing. When the Holy Spirit reminded me, eh, immediately I wrote it. I just kept my paper. I just told the invigilator, uh, hey, please, I want to use myself in the sun. You know, and that's the truth because something in me is like a bomb and I needed to ease that tension. <laughs> so I went to the bathroom. I see if everybody is going to ease. I said, <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, I was that excited. But yeah, <laughs> but man, I can't do it the example. But I needed to ease that tension. I have to say, then I went to the, and I eased that tension. When I eased, then I returned as well. <laughs> see, walk with God. Amen. So what we're trying to say, but, but that he's not the one that will read for you. He's not the one that will do, you will do it. You understand? He will only remind you what, amen, fellowship. And that's why we are not far away from our pastors. Many people come to my house and sleep. Many sisters have slept in my house. You understand? We, we want to build this life that it's not all about the issue of you only see man of God in the pulpit. <laughs> You know, son, you don't know his life. You don't know how he eats. Many of them that come to my house, I'm the one that will cook for them, you know, son. We just laugh and chat, you understand? You're so close to your pastors that you know them. And sometimes it can be detrimental to you if you're not careful because you take it for granted. And uh, this, 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 see, finish, huh? <laughs> This familiarity can rob you from the something deeper in their life. Are we together? So be careful. The essence, because that's what Jesus did. We, we don't want to do the one that they are doing. You understand? Even as the work keeps growing and structures are put, it's to become effective, but not to stop you from coming closer. So that's the essence. But we ensure that there is fellowship in this family. You understand? We ensure that we reach out as small. We are not at our best, but we are trying. But our, one of our core values is fellowship. You understand? Evangelism, as we rightly said, discipleship training, and that's why we are committed to some of this training. We will have it often. You understand? We are committed because there is a goal which we have shown to you. You understand? And at a time, go and read the, the sermon in the mount. We, we don't do it these days. We can imagine Jesus speaking about Hamid chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. No one interrupted him. Teaching on many subjects, not one, many subjects. And the disciples were sitting down, listening. Look at most of what Jesus is not healing. He's teaching, 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 training. You understand? Training. You understand? Time to time, he will tell them, go and do it. You understand? Practice, teaching. Practice, teaching. Are we together? Leadership development, academic vocation, we are very committed because we know its parts in the sun. And that's why we take some time actually to talk about it even here. And also leadership, which is part of what we are doing now. Amen? Amen. So, what about doctrinal belief? Just, I will just say them, you know, son, I will give you this so you can go, if you like, go through the scripture. But this is what we believe. 
And this is the foundation without which this church will have confusion. Okay. The first thing is we believe in one God. We believe there is only one God who has existed in relationship with himself for all eternity. He exists as one being in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And although each member of the Trinity serves different functions, they each possess equal power and authority. This God is sovereign. We believe it in creation, in his control of all events, and in giving salvation. He's sovereign. When we mean he's sovereign, it means that there are many things God decides to do has no impute from man. That's what it means. So even if Mary refused to give her womb, Jesus Christ will still come, will be born, will, because it's not the the salvation is not depending on a man's uh, alignment. Did you understand what I'm saying? That's what we mean by sovereign. Whether the man likes it or not. But of course, there are many other things also in our life which are dependent upon our alignment. Are we together? So, yes. And we can see in most of these uh, scriptures. Then, we believe in the Bible. It's God's word. You understand? Consisting, please, this is very important. Consisting of 39 Old Testament and 27 New Testament books because there are a lot of Bibles now with different things. So we believe in this because we don't have time now to take you to what we call the canonicity of scriptures. So, but this is what we believe as the word of God. You understand? And these are all references. Then it was given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and written by human authors. And the Bible is true without any mixture of error in the original context. This is very important. It's truth without any mixture of error in the original context. Here and there, as we normally teach, we tell you that, ah, this term is not correctly translated. That is not correctly translated. Not that the original context is an error. D did you understand what I'm saying? For example, in King James, old King James says, charity is patient. Love, charity, love is not charity. Did you understand what I'm saying? Tango, when you read New King James, they corrected it. They now say, love is patience. Are we together? Now, this is just some error of translation because our language is keep changing over time, but not that the original context has an error. Then we believe Jesus Christ as the only way. Please note that. No any other way. The only way to see God. Yes? Yes, yes, we'll come to the time of questions. Please just write your questions. Amen? That's why we're... The only way, we don't believe any other way. And it's all scriptural, we believe is the only way in the sun. Not through your trouser, not through your head tie, not through whoever. It's only 
the one that can help us see God. Jesus Christ is fully uh, God, sorry, and fully man, conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of a Virgin Mary. We believe that. He lived a perfect life, sinless. Please note that. There are many perfect, we're going to continue on how to read the Bible. There are many uh, words perfect, perfect, perfect in the scriptures, but they don't mean the same thing. In the sun. But here it means sinless. In the sun. Suffered and died on the cross, a sacrifice for our sins according to scriptures. He rose bodily from the dead and ascended into heaven, where he's now our high priest and advocate at the right hand of God. And we have all those scriptures uh, on that. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe this seems to be a controversial issue, but it's a blessing. And we are committed to learning and to understanding of what scripture says about the Holy Spirit. Because he is God, you understand, and he's here for us and for our good. And he's a third of the uh, person of the Godhead who regenerates. So that means you cannot be born again without him. You know, some people say, I have never heard, I have never heard the Holy Spirit. The question I ask them, are you born again? Because some of them need to be taught. When you hear what you hear and you are convicted, you used to say something. No, it's someone. Something told me that I need Jesus. No, it's someone. Amen. So that's the point. We believe in him. He's the one that regenerates. Without him, you will not be born again. You understand? That is, he gives new life to anyone who exercises seven faith in Jesus. He indwells that he resides in everyone who believes in Jesus. We believe that. We also believe he's baptized. That is, he feels and he empowers those who believe in daily conduct and service. This is particularly for the sake of service. He's the same person that indwells, he's the same person that baptizes. Amen? Uh, some of our fathers will say the spirit within and the spirit upon. He's the same person that does the work. Of course, we not, in fact, the Holy Spirit has function in the universe has functions in so many things, but this one is to the believer. And he also has function to the unbelievers. Are we together? But this is to the believers, particularly. He empowers us for the work because on our own, we cannot do what we're supposed to do. Then he seals. That is, the Holy Spirit in a believer is a divine mark of God's ownership. This is what demons see. Every spirit in the spirit realm, they know who is who. They know either is their own or his own. Are we together? So, <laughs> so that is it. Amen. And this is a sure mark of the many great promises ahead. Amen. The Holy Spirit ministry is to glorify God in the life of a believer as he guides. Now, this is. Let me tell you. Just the, uh, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth, when he comes, you understand? First and foremost, he tells us, uh, there's a particular thing, this is what's starting, he said, he shall bring me glory. 
Now, anything you do that does not glorify Christ and you say he's the Holy Spirit is a lie. Because the Holy Spirit comes, he said he shall not speak of himself. For whatsoever he heareth, he shall speak and he shall tell you of what is to come. He said, and he shall glorify me. So anywhere the Holy Spirit is, you will see that Christ is the center. You understand? So if you come and tell us that you saw a vision, that a man married to another woman, the woman is not um, the right wife, and that woman will die, and I will marry the man. No, in this kingdom, the mother is not a principle. You understand? Because there's no way that glorifies Christ. Are we together? So all these things are very important. And also, we believe in the church as the wisdom of God. Is the wisdom of God and the pillar of truth, no matter how bad the church is, that's what God says. You understand? That's the truth. It's the sign. I used to, I, I used to, each time I read that statement of Jesus, then in the latter days, he said, the love of many will was cold because iniquity will abound. Now, I'm always afraid, when I mean fear, you understand what I mean? Reverential fear. That Lord, that just because iniquity will abound, and when I mean iniquity, is in the church, it's in the many places who they call church and all that. Remember, all these native doctors and all this, they have stopped being in the bush. They have packed out, they have entered town. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, so, and they now they don't used to wear all those uh, red, red things you are hearing. Blank, 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 blank. You understand what I'm trying to say? You understand? You know those things that have been that uh, wrong, wrong, what do you call it? This wrong, um, this wrong guy that they said uh, in Ghanaian that used to bath women naked. You understand? He acted it, you understand? But he himself also, no any true believer would do that. You understand? You get what I'm trying to say? Because that does not glorify Christ. Unfortunately, I see, the, when I was trying to check some future, I see one small girl sitting there. What terrible. I don't know what our government are doing. They need to catch that guy. You, you understand what I'm saying? Amen. So please, what we're trying to say that, you see, when you grow, you can spot an error. You can quickly know that this is not from God. And that's why we ask you. See, there is high sense of deception today. <laughs> that's the thing. Many people say, no, you don't know many God, God speaks to us in different ways. Maybe that's how God speaks to him. He said, I say, you are an ignoramus. <laughs> you understand? Because there is a primary way that the new creation man relate with God. If God interact with you through other means, eh, it's his prerogative. You understand what we mean by prerogative? Like for example now, if the Lord will call Raymond, Raymond, and everybody doesn't hear here, he's the one who hears it. With this air, is because that is how God chose it, but that is not normal, sir. That's how God desire that you should get what he's trying to say. Yes, yes. So what we're trying to say that we're going to come with a lot of teachings, you understand, that will have to help us. Because if not, remember what I said some certain back again, sir, uh, in the, uh, what do you call it, in the Wednesday. They that know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploit. 
They that do not know their God shall be weak and exploited. Did you hear what I said? So, it's either you know God and you become strong and do mighty things or you become a victim. There is high sense of deception and I keep saying it. Please, leaders, grow. Not just because of us, grow. You understand? Grow. There are plenty of artificial things. Brothers, grow. Artificial breast, artificial bump, artificial this. Grow artificial lips. I've seen all these plastic soldiers have gone beyond. You understand? So I'm telling you, I'm, there are many sort of surgery. If you are not sensitive, you will fall for anything. And later he say he deceived me. <laughs> Please, this life is too short. Enjoy it. You understand? It's too short, sir. Don't go and complicate your life and be spending all the rest of your life you are undoing it. When you have the truth, you understand. We believe in the Catholic Church. Now, this is not Roman Catholic. Yes. This is, Catholic means universal. That is, we believe in the universe. So know that you are not the only believer. Are we together? So, it will be error when you hear a man or a church saying you should not listen to anybody again. You understand? All of them are in error. <laughs> are we together? Then something is wrong somewhere. We only teach you the truth because we want to tell you like Paul, even if it is us that come again with another gospel. Even if it's an angel. You understand? You know, these days, people prefer angelic visitation than scriptures. Immediately they say, an angel appeared to me. They believe it more than the Bible. You are in trouble. You understand? Maybe you have to go to that scripture that said, even the devil masqueraded himself like an angel of light. I don't know how to describe to you to be worded. So we believe in the Catholic Church. We believe that we are a local church, but we are also connected to a larger church. You understand? Are we together? So we believe that. We believe in the local church as God's ground. In as much we believe in the, in the larger church, the place for training is not this universal. The place of training is a local church. Anybody I see is a militant and a Taliban and an ISIS in the sun to the local church, I knew whose spirit is operating. You don't grow in the air. You grow because you are rooted in the local church. Yes. All of those things are a help. They are a help. But that's not where God has designed for his people to be trained. You understand? Will you submit yourself to a doctor that you have learned that he was trained online? (laughs) (laughs) 
I hope you got the message. Seller. <laughs> we believe in the resurrection of the dead. That the end of the believer is not the end in this world. You understand? All the dead will resurrect bodily at the end of time. Believers in Christ into everlasting joy with God and unbelievers into everlasting punishment. We believe in that. We believe in that. We have already discussed about this, about the organogram, the structure, and how we operate here. We have said that Pastor Ima have done a great job, and that's the function. So please use the function. You understand? Don't feel that until, until we come in a meeting, generally all of us, before somebody can hear you. No, you work with your pastors. If you are having a problem, please tap as much as possible. They may not have all in the world, but certainly they have so much ahead of you. You understand? And if you can hear the most of you here, you understand, or some of you here are our students. If you can hear us, we will teach you there, and you will grade you, you understand? How much more will you benefit more from us that are, that are actually when we come to church? So don't wait until things are crashing. If you feel that things are much on you, you can't do it. Quickly go to somebody. Look at someone that you feel in the church, the pastor here and there, you understand? Please, sir, can you help me? Yesterday, I tried to adjust my this, I couldn't adjust. Can you help me? How, did you face this thing before? Be personal. Don't say even advise me, sir, did you face this thing before? No, I'm telling you the truth because you will know how certain things. So you learn from it because this structure is not just administrative. It's also, you remember, our goal is not administration. Our goal that we might become like Jesus. This also structure is also for mentoring, for discipleship, so that those over you should be able to help you up. Are we together? And it's not for our good, because the truth of the matter is that you cannot remove anything from me. I have learned it. I have developed the skill. It's you that you are still struggling to develop it. So if you refuse to come, actually, it's not going to uh, do anything to my own. Are we together? But neither again, if I give you my own, I will reduce. No. I only increase, you increase. Are we together? And the world is so big that everybody has space, you understand, can do so much more. Amen. Amen. Lastly, the cardinal programs. So we're going to all along, so far now, we have done um, this one. This is what we are doing now. And it's going to be annually. You understand? Next year, we're going to do it again. You understand? With different set of other things that we need in leadership. Are we together? Then, because there are so much more we didn't talk about, like conflict management. Are we together? So many things like uh, or resource management also. Managing resources at your hand. Like we talk about report writing. How do you write report? We talk about the issue of character. The character of the, of, the, of the spiritual leader. You understand? Yes. Again, what is the benefit? There's also a teaching on that. What is the benefit? Some of us don't see, after all, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm also spending my time doing this, doing this. What is the benefit of becoming a spiritual leader? You understand? Amen. So it's not the only one that you are starting asking. The disciples came to Jesus and asked, Master, you see, this thing will be following you. What are we going to gain out of it? <laughs> Amen. So you are not the one. It's not wrong to ask that. And again, 
in the wisdom of God, there's a teaching on that. What is the benefit of being a leader, a spiritual leader? Hallelujah. So we're going to deal with also the issue of Christian Foundation School. We are looking at the correct time we can do that because it's important. Every person, a leader in this church must pass through this. And every new person, yes, in a sense, for new members and already committed members who have not attended it, for now, every, mem every leader will have to pass through this because the curriculum is fresh, new, well-structured, you understand? Yes, no, this one is once and for all. Once you do it, you understand, you will not do it again. Because once you do it, you're not doing it. It's not like uh, leadership training because there are other many things that you, you have to keep. This one, once you do it, again, you have passed that stage. Hallelujah. We can only call you to teach. Understand? We can assign some of you to come and teach uh, foundation school. So no pastors will not continue to do that. The essence is that we train you, we train you, then you are the one to take over. Are we together? So we're going to give this subsequently to some leaders to do it. To teach others, you understand? Then, uh, believers conference. Uh, believers conference is wonderful. Of course, things specific we have already started it, so we are conversing with you because this is to deal with things that are specific to our teams. Are we together? Here we come and speak generally, but now it's carved out to you. Are we together? What is that to Bible study to this? And most of us we have been doing it, and the report I have had is that it's very impressive and very interacting and very wonderful. And many things are brewing from that. And Believers Conference is coming, it's an annual thing, we also have to talk about it. I'll have to stop here so that we can continue with questions and uh, answers, Pastor Ima.